Okay. Check it out. Have a nice day in paradise, everybody, on QAM. This is South Florida's only real sports station. WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. A Beasley Broadcast Group station. And WQAM.com. Things in his delivery that he was able to work with to make him better. Well, Dan, they've done a terrific job with him. They're, they're patient. They're not looking for him to be an overnight star. Uh, he's he's learning to go through his uh, his reads patiently, and uh, you know he's such a threat back there anyway. And they just they don't want to make it where he has to make a big play every down. But start sounds like a real party. Yeah. It's nine o'clock on a Sunday night, and I'm going to watch HBO. There's some dumb show about a funeral home. Where did Tony and Big Pussy go? I've had to wait over a year and a half to see if that Russian guy is dead. But when I turn on the tube, I'm sure getting screwed. Because they're showing our list instead. Goomba, Goomba, da da da. Goomba, da da da. Where the hell are the Sopranos, man? I've waited too long for this thing. I want to see Polly and Silvio in the back. last episode there's so many things I forgot did Paulie get whacked is Furio smoking crack and does Tony still sail the Stugat Stugat so I pick up the latest TV guide and that's when I start feeling fine thank God HBO's bringing back the day goes each and every Right. Oh, it's season four of the Sopranos, man. Good thing they're bringing it back. If I had to wait even one second more, I'd have my cable guy whacked. Hey, forget about it. It's about freaking time, ain't it? 903, speaking of time. I'm not hearing an echo, am I? Yes, I am. You hear that? No, I don't hear it. Oh, I hear it. And all of a sudden, I went away again. I'm telling you something. Let's hear it for all the technical... Uh, let's put a memo out about the technical uh, competence of QAM. Well, it's Tweaky Tuesday. I see. Yeah, we're tweaking it, okay? Because, you know, we haven't done this for, what, a week and a half? Something like that? Right. Anyway, Julio's on the way to the airport. Julio's a good guy. He's our only hope in the engineering department because the other guys are like, like that. But that's okay. We don't want to pick on them yet, do we? Yeah, sure. Why not? It sounds pretty good to me. Okay. How you do sound... you sound? You sound fine? You hear me fine? I hear you great. Okay. Well, we... speaking of the Sopranos, I got some bad news for you. Oh no! But before I do that, let me thank Sean in Hollywood, our chronic faxer. Remember uh, last what was it? Friday. Okay. Whatever the hell day it was, toward the end of the week, and he faxed me a thing. I was talking about my bursitis, my ailment du jour, and my bursitis in my left elbow, and he said, "Ice 
and, and the whole thing, you know, and, of course, not listening to him being a hard-ass like I am, I just continued, first of all, I'm smearing this uh, flex all on there, which is kind of like Ben Gay, and I'm not doing any ice, and it's not helping at all, and it's uh, just going on. So at 8.30, I figured, what the hell have I got to lose? Because I look on the Internet under uh, elbow bursitis, and every one of the uh, recommendations there is ice, 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 not hot, ice. So I go in, in my beautiful refrigerator and get out my, not, not crushed, but uh, cubed ice. I don't want to rub it in, George. George has an old-fashioned refrigerator, one of those well, ice boxes where the ice man has to come. Right. You don't remember that, do you? No, I saw pictures, though. Long before your time, the, the ice man used to come. Squirt, squirt. And he'd have like a big, uh, what do you call it, Like a, almost like a huge scissors. Like the, what do they the call those? tongs. Like gigantic tongs. Ice tongs. He had a big do- a tong, and he would uh, bring uh, blocks of ice. And you'd put them in your ice box, and that's what kept everything cold. Is that pathetic or what? And the milkman? And the milkman used to come. Squirt, squirt. Everybody was coming and leave uh, like a thing on your uh, doorstep. You used to leave a bunch of milk. And it would sit out there and get curdled, and then you'd take it in. And Anyway, so I get my ice, and I put it in a uh, towel, make me a makeshift ice, uh, ice pack. And for 15 minutes, I sat here. And, of course, I haven't given you the report yet. No. It's a freaking miracle. Oh! Yeah. I'm bending it, I'm twisting it, I'm like, uh, and my, the elbow too. How do you like that? So if I would have just listened to one of our astute listeners out there, but of course my usual, uh, my usual inclination is if it's one of our listeners, eh, you know. But it was Sean in Hollywood who seems to have his head on straight. So thanks a lot, Sean. And what was I saying about the Sopranos? Oh, uh, bad news. Bad news for you. Well, I mean, not that you care, although you do care. So it was on last night. Uh, a repeat? I'm sure it was, because oh, the new gotta, season starts September 17th. You can't come in in the middle. So it was, uh, who knows what it was, okay? It was The Sopranos, and I kept catch it right in the beginning. And I thought, okay, here it is. I've got a full hour. I've got nothing to do here. It's I'm just, you know, laying back. I'll watch it. No, you can't come in in the middle. I didn't come in the middle. I said I started right in the beginning. No, it's a soap opera. you got to oh, see it from the first episode. I watched, like I watched seven opera. minutes of that yeah, crap. It was, the most, it was pathetic. Okay. So I'm channel surfing. I'm watching my racing from Mohawk. And I come back later on. Here's like the last five minutes. And I watch it again. Awful. Just awful. Okay. It was the one where he's like uh, the uncle has had a heart attack or something. He's in a hospital. He dies. And then he's making a new no, he didn't uh, die. Uh, Huh? He didn't die. Well, whatever the hell happened, he makes a new capo, and are you going to have a drink with me or not? No, and he gets up and walks out. I mean, it was just pathetic. And I'm, I begin to understand that you and most of the people like that show only like it because of the language, because they use a lot of four-letter no. words. No. That, that's got to be it. No. You have to see it from the beginning. It's a soap <clears throat> opera. You don't well, get it. How can it. you see it from the beginning? That's like my saying to you, oh, you got to watch Boca, Passions from the you beginning. Get the DVD, you right? get into it. Well, you can watch this because it's on DVD. By Boca the way, Brian they had video. a really nice tribute to a little Timmy last week on Aww. one of the episodes. When uh, Julian found out that Timmy was dead and he got all bent out of shape, actually a tear in his eye, hostile Julian. And uh, so they showed the flashback. It was it was a very nice tribute. I, I still can't believe that he's dead, you know. Why not? That show ha- the show has got you so conditioned into believing that everybody who dies comes back. Very traumatic episode today, by the way. Very traumatic episode on the Passions. Be sure and watch it. 321 votes on George's holiday pool yesterday. And George deserves high marks for coming in yesterday. We would have had dead air for four hours. I think we did anyway. Because we're not playing the best of tapes ever again, are we? No. Unless we're absolutely pressed into service. Never again. And so George comes in on a holiday on Labor Day, no less, which no other show had like one of the regular people on. Morning show. Now, don't tell me it was Fat Josh Friedman was on there yesterday morning. On the morning show? No, it was The Beast. Oh, that's right. It was and The Black. Fat Beast. The Fat Beast. 
He was on there. He, he was. I heard about like 30 seconds. He sounded okay. Although he screams a lot. He shouts. And then you were on. And, you know, what's there to say about yeah, that? And then nothing. who the hell was on in the afternoon? Did Josh Mad Friedman. Dog work? First we had a baseball game. Then we had Josh Friedman. Josh Friedman? Right. Oh, that's when I heard him yesterday. Actually, you know, he doesn't have a bad voice. No, his voice is fine. He's got a he's got a body and a face for radio, which is why he shouldn't have been on MSNBC last week. Everybody in the building was like uh, playing grab ass with each other. They were like rolling on the floor laughing. So anyway, Sopranos is uh, weak, and I'm not going to go yep. out and buy the DVD. Hey, if you like it, you have a lot of company out there. Okay, of course, a lot of people love Oprah too. So George's week pulled yesterday. You know how many people were listening on a holiday yesterday to George's show? Nine, something like that. Three hundred and twenty-one votes. What's your favorite kind of music? Now, what inspired that? Oh, the VMA. We were still talking about the VMA and the kind of music they're trying to shove down our throats on MTV like they know. They play music on MTV? No, not really. Oh. Not when I'm watching. Anyway, what's your favorite kind of music? Classic Rock 106. Now, is there a station in the market that plays classic rock? No. Supposedly Zeta. Supposedly Big. Supposedly Big. Now, Big doesn't play classic rock. That's what they claim to play. Classic Croc. Uh, classic Rock 106 wins hands down. I mean, there was nobody else even in the running. Nope. Alternative 30, which alternative is, uh, what does that really mean? It's you know? kind I of... know what it's supposed to mean, but what does it really mean? Right. And we don't know. Jazz. Yeah, the joke vote of the day, such as jazz it was. Jazz had 25 votes. I don't think so. I bet you we got a crossover with No, because I made a point to uh, to say that, you know, jazz sucks. So that's uh, what they voted for. Classical 20. Oh! Let's hear it for all those. And let's see, did the thing start on KAT yet or not? No. I don't, did it? No. Any day now, K.A.T. going Mozart. Scratchy Mozart. Uh, pop, 17. That's what I voted. I voted for pop, even though, you know, again, it's a generic term. Who the hell knows what it means? Britney. Pop. Country, 16. Reggae, 14. Anybody likes reggae music. Heavy metal, 13. R&B, 12. Now, what is R&B today? Rhythm and really? blues, which is all that Alicia Keys stuff that's going on right now. I know what R&B stands for. You're starting to sound like Marvin now. Don't you think I know what R&B stands I, for? I think you know what it's supposed to stand for. Yeah, but, but I'm asking, what does it stand for in this poll? I mean, what R&B music do we have That's what I was answering. Oh. Rap slash hip-hop, 11. Mainstream rock, 10. Adult contemporary, 9. Dance, 8. Oh, we got eight people, Disney, for you. If you ever start playing some music over there on that crap station. Modern rock, 8. See, you've got so many categories on here, there's something for everybody. Hey, I took New, them from the Billboard charts. New Age 8, Folk 5, Latin 5, and Gospel Oy. 4. Boy, you sure covered it all yesterday, considering how few votes you got. <laughs> but there was nobody listening. It's a holiday. Oh, you're I could tell. It, you're taking it personal. I heard your comment. You felt bad because there was no votes on the thing. What do you expect when there's nobody listening when it's a holiday? Anybody who's listening to the radio, it, it's like, who the hell was asking me about uh, the radio up here in Toronto? I said, I don't listen to the radio Rimmer. in Toronto. No? Why, 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 why not? Can you imagine my sitting around here listening to the goddamn radio? Taking notes. Although it would have been better than watching The Sopranos. So we got some very exciting news for you, besides, of course, the story about the big... Oh! Got a lot of stuff. Oprah, by the way, weighs 275 pounds. Got that story coming up. A lot of good stuff today. But the most important thing is the Marlins are playing a doubleheader today. All right. Weather permitting. And it's in New York. Now, do we know what the, I guess the weather's going to be okay in New York, right? Hey. Let's tune in to CNN. We'll find out. Not, they haven't got a clue. You, If you watch CNN for weather in North America, if I'm in Amsterdam and I'm watching uh, CNN International, they couldn't, if they were standing in the middle of a goddamn tornado, they couldn't figure the weather out.
That's how accurate they are. Monday's Marlin game rained out last night, so it'll be made up as a doubleheader today. And Marlins on Drek will start at 435. First pitch at 510-7, which I guess is going to preclude Eddie K tonight, wouldn't you think? I would think. Or, or not. And then the Dirty Boys, Joe and Mark, overnight 2-6, to six, the, uh, which I'll tell you about Joe and his buddies who were here this weekend. They had a good time. Good. Steered them in the right direction. Had some Nestle's Turtle. Twelve minutes after nine at 560. Oh, look at what I just did. Did you hear that? No. You didn't notice it? Good. Like I said, I didn't do anything. Twelve minutes after nine at 560 WQM. Let me tell you about something that a lot of very silly people continue doing, and that is getting in their car on a hot summer's day, schlepping all over town, wasting a lot of gas and a lot of money, trying to find a great new mattress. When the old mattress wears out, there's no question, replace it real fast because it's bad for your back, for your health, for the way you feel. But if you want a great, comfortable new mattress, the smart way to order it is do what I always do, and that is pick up the phone, just sit there in your house like a lazy bastard like me, and make one easy call, 1-800-MATTRESS. That's all you have to do, and you'll be talking to betting experts who will really consult you on getting, hooking you up with the best mattress available in the universe. they got all the top brands. they got Serta. Sealy, Simmons, King Coil, and they've got the deepest selection in every one of these brands, so you never get a bait and swish. You get exactly the kind of mattress you're looking for. And when you do business with these people, you pick the day and the uh, two-hour window for delivery when it's convenient for you when you're going to be home in the first place, like noon to 2, 1 to 3, 2 to 4, etc. And you also get, if that isn't enough, a 30-day uh, in-home comfort guarantee so you can test out your new mattress the smart way, the only intelligent way, by sleeping on it and doing a lot of stuff on it. Pick up that phone right now. You'll be sleeping in comfort tonight and for a long time to come when you do business with the experts at Dial a Mattress. 1-800-MATTRESS. That's the number to call. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Or check them out on the web, if you like, at mattress.com. Howard David. Gee, thanks for being nice to me today, Mo. Ah, don't mention it, Goldie. You're not going to get raped again today, are you, Mo? Nah, you know why? Why's that, Mo? Because rape's not funny. But I ain't going to be a mean man no more. If they think that's funny, it's fine by me. Wow, you really changed your way. Ah, forget about it. I'm turning over a whole new fig newton leaf. You have a nice day in paradise, my cuddly friend. Hey, Mo, look out for that truck. Looks like a shapeless pile of gold. Ew, ew. To show my respect, I stole his shoes. I wasn't even called before that bastard boosted my shoes. I don't want to say I'm glad. Outside of being a nasty old schmuck, he wasn't bad. It's a Makaya. Oh, how was David said? <laughs> I'm 17 at 560 WQM. Now, how does everything sound? We got enough level? Is everything kosher today? I mean, I don't know how it sounds on the air, uh, but it sounds fine in here. Sounds magnificent to me. You sound like you're just right uh, out on my balcony. Great. Oh, look out. So anyway, Joe Costello was here with a couple of his uh, buddies, a couple of his pallies uh, this past weekend at my recommendation. And uh, loved it. Absolutely loved this place. Had a great time. We bonded. We had lunch on Saturday and brunch on uh, Sunday. What more could you want? Dinner. And being the great guy that I am, I actually took him into uh, my neighborhood supermarket here, found him a, a leader of a Nestle's Turtle, and they loved it. They got three plastic spoons, sat in my place here, and like uh, passed it around. And the ice cream, too. Loved it. And they were, like, critiquing it. And uh, 
And, of course, they ate like a, among the three of them, they ate like about uh, maybe half of the container and then threw the rest out. Right. And I, I can't relate to that. And I said, I said to them, can you imagine sitting uh, by yourself and eating the whole thing? And not one of them could even begin to imagine it. They couldn't begin to imagine. You couldn't do it, could you? No. Oh. I don't think I could do it, could I? Yes. Anyway, here's our poll question today before we get to into the good stuff. I got a shocking, wait till you hear this. Up the butt. A shocking story to start today. You're going to, like, pee your pants. But here's our poll question because we got to get into everybody in a frame of mind for a 9-11. No, it's only eight days. Oh, away. yeah. Week from, uh, what is it? Week from uh, tomorrow. Okay, yes. Will be 9-11. And, uh, and the networks have 300 hours prepared. I'm not making that up. I read that over the weekend. They've got 300 hours prepared. What right. would you be doing on September 11th is our poll question today, and you got five choices. Taking a commercial flight, <laughs> traveling by car, train, or bus, staying home and living as usual, hiding under the bed, or watching TV all day so I can wallow in the misery of last year. As usual, a great poll. Don't you think those are five pretty it's good? Just uh, fine. Wonderful. Cover? I think it covers all the territory. Yep. What would you be doing on September 11th? Taking a commercial flight, traveling by car, train, or bus, staying home and living as usual, hiding under the bed, or watching TV all day so I can wallow in the misery of last year. I assume the staying home option also includes those of us who have to go to work? Staying home and living as usual. I mean, in other words, like not leaving town is what that means? Okay. Not going anywhere? Yeah, that, that's what it includes, George, yes. Now, wait till you listen very carefully to this, okay? Up the butt. New York Times runs first gay union notice. The New York, which, you know, isn't all that revolutionary, but wait till you hear the names. The New York Times ran its first announcement of a same-sex commitment ceremony celebrating the union of a Fulbright scholar and the founder of a public affairs consulting firm. The civil union ceremony of Daniel Gross, 32, and Stephen Goldstein, 40. Goldstein, I fucked them up! by a judge in Vermont, ran along with the couple's photo in the newly retitled Wedding Celebrations feature in the uh, Times on Sunday. Up the butt. Ten years ago, none of this would have been possible, Goldstein said during an exchange of Jewish vows at the Musée des Beaux-Arts in Montreal. Dreams do come true, he said. Times executive editor Howell Raines announced last month that the newspaper would begin announcing same-sex unions. In making this change, we acknowledge the newsworthiness of a growing and visible trend in society toward public celebrations of commitment by gay and lesbian couples, celebrations important to many of our readers, their families, and their friends, Rain said. The gay and lesbian couples featured in the Times are selected by editors using the same criteria as for weddings, the newsworthiness and accomplishments of the couples and their families. Gross, a Fulbright scholar, is the vice president of GE Capital in Stanford, Connecticut. Goldstein, Steve Goldstein? Up yep. the butt founded Attention America, a New York public affairs consulting firm. We didn't make this any kind of political statement. We didn't threaten to boycott or feel like it was anything unusual other than simply writing a letter to the society page, Groth said uh, yesterday on NBC's Today Show. Our union and civil unions like this are, in fact, part of what is truly happening in the world today. Nice going, Geldy. Up the butt. Mm -hmm. How do you like that? Always hey. learn something on this show. It's not even 930 yet, and we're already learning. I always wondered about him with that high-pitched, squeaky voice. Speaking of people with high-pitched, squeaky voices, I've got some more great news for you, okay? Are you prepared for this this early in the week? I'm strapped in. Spectacular news. Instinct singer Lance Bass has been asked to leave Russia's cosmonaut training program and will not be the world's third space tourist, a Russian space official said all today. Right, all right. How do you like that? <laughs> 
Sergei Gorbanov, who plays, I think, for the Anaheim uh, Mighty Ducks. Sergei Gorbanov, spokesman for the Russian Space Agency, said the decision to end negotiations with Bass was made in connection with crude violations of his contract. Yeah. Gorbanov said Bass would hope to fly to the International Space Station aboard a Russian Soyuz rocket October 28th would be leaving Russia's star city within the next few hours. That's as in now, today. I'm it's so over, happy. Gorbanov said. And by the way, Lance, bye, bye, bye. The U.S. pop star had been granted numerous deadline extensions after failing to come up with the 20 million bucks needed to secure his seat. Bass's supporters have blamed paperwork problems for the delay. Bass began training in July at Star City and just returned to Russia on Sunday after spending a week at NASA Space uh, Johnson Space Center in Houston with uh, the other two crew members. Jeff Manbar, president of Mircorp, which had been working on behalf of Bass, continued to express optimism today that the mission would go ahead. It's a little dramatic to say he was kicked out, said Manbar, who added that he was headed into another meeting with Russian space officials to discuss the payment details. He was training at Star City yesterday. He's not trained today, but he'll be back there probably tomorrow or the day after. Bye, bye, bye! Gorbanov said that in place of Bass, the Russians would likely send up a cargo container with extra equipment needed on the International <laughs> Space Station, which I guarantee you that container have a lot more talent than he had. Make no mistake about it. Uh-huh. Gorbanov said the container's already been prepared and is ready to go. Bass, 23, would have been would have been the youngest person in space. But guess what, Lance? Bye, bye, bye! Let's hear it! Oh, that's good such news. great news. news tonight. Don't you like that? I love it. I'm so happy now. He said, crap, on an ego trip, 20 million bucks he's raising so we can uh, impress young people with how important it is to get involved in science, as opposed to, like, helping young people, like, giving out scholarships, like feeding desperate homeless kids, runaway kids. Sick kids, all kinds of good stuff he could have done. No, it's an ego trip for a no-talent piece of turd. So much of that going on these days. You know what I'm talking about? So many no-talent pieces of turd. Gee, thanks for being nice to me today, Mo. Here's the speaking of WQAM. Oh! The Big O has got the problems now. I heard Mo talking about this story this morning. And uh, he's wrong. As usual, Mo is wrong. Just like the entire station was wrong about that thing with the Masters, which I'll get into later, time permitting. Are you familiar with that story about no. the Masters didn't want to let women in? First I heard of it. Oh, and the Tiger doesn't have time to be worrying about things like that. He's got to uh, get his game fine-tuned. About... Yeah, fine-tuned. It's okay to be fine-tuned, but not fine-tuned. If they weren't letting black people into the Masters and Tiger couldn't play in there, then they'd be all these uh, sports uh, nerds on our station would have been having a nervous breakdown. But women, I mean, bulldog golfers, who cares about that? Basically is what boils down to. Everybody I heard on our station, from the Mad Dog to Mo, I don't know what Hank said about it, was full of crap about that subject. But anyway, getting back to this. Among the Marlins more outspoken and accessible players, this is in the Sun Sentinel. I know they're not better than that. Mo, they suck. They're a Bush League rag. Third baseman Mike Lowell on Saturday threatened to cease doing any more interviews this season. Oh, my God. Oh, how are we going to live with that? I'm beside myself. I mean, it's just amazing that we managed to squeak through and get that baseball deal settled, and we're going to have to worry now about Mike Lowell not doing interviews? Triggering Lowell's ire was WQAM radio talk show during which host Orlando the Big oh! Al Zagari and several callers slammed him for a comment he made on Wednesday. This is written, by the way, by Juan C. Rodriguez, George's brother. Before the game, the team's last before Friday strike deadline, Lowell spoke to reporters about baseball's labor situation. Asked how he would justify a possible strike to fans that make considerably less money than players, Lowell said, we're in the big business of baseball. If teachers are making 400 grand, a lot of teachers would be holding out for a lot of things. Should they be making it? The problem is 50,000 fans don't go to see a science class. If they did, it would change. In our case, 50,000 don't come to see baseball games either. In other words, you understand that? Yeah. What? Yeah, what? sure. 
A South Florida TV reporter took that to mean that Lowell thought what baseball players did was more important than the role of educators in our society. Friday, the reporter expressed those sentiments to Al Zagheri, who mentioned it on his radio show the next day. One caller labeled Lowell a dumb jock, and which we would say... Absolutely correct, sir. I will not speak to another reporter until Orlando Al Zagheri apologizes to me, said Lowell, who, as the Marlins assistant player representative, was a go-to guy for most strike-related questions. My locker is going to be nice and quiet. Al Zagheri didn't listen to the quote until after his radio show. He could see how the comment might be taken out of context, but Al Zagheri added that Lowell left himself open to misinterpretation. Maybe if I'm standing there, I understand his points, but maybe he should have been more clear about the situation, Al Zagheri said. If he's bothered by it or any of his family members, if I insulted them in any way, I'm sorry, the big, oh. as he pushed out. All I made was a criticism of his comments, and they could be construed in a negative fashion. I can understand the TV reporter misunderstanding him. Lowell didn't defend anything that teachers do. I know his wife is a teacher, and my wife is a teacher. I'm sorry about the comment if he felt insulted, but it's his own fault because he did say it. They were comments that could have been misconstrued. When I hear a comment like that, what I want to do is defend teachers. And you shouldn't have apologized, Big. Oh. That was a real act of pussification on your part, okay? Unacceptable. And the board goes back. Aren't you embarrassed that he apologized? Yeah, well. God almighty. And you know something? Whoever called the station, I commend them because Mike Lowell, just like most of the others, and I don't know him personally, but no question, he's a... Dumb jock. Exactly. Idiotic comments. Unacceptable. Oh, 50,000 people come to see... Yeah, that's like in 10 games, Mike. In 10 games, 50,000 people might come to see you and your sorry-ass act. 27 after 9 at 560 WQM, your Marlin station. Oh! Double-headed this afternoon, baby. Anybody going to be listening? No. VIPSportsbook.com. Name sound familiar? And by the way, Gary Sarner, nice job on that new copy. Not. That name should sound familiar because VIP Sportsbook is the only sportsbook to be endorsed by all the industry watchdog groups since way back in 1996. The Casino Times News recent issue says you can look, but you just won't find a better overall sportsbook than VIPSportsbook.com. But maybe you're looking for more than just a world-class book that offers 24-hour VIP service and the safety of a leader. How about this? How about the highest parlay odds anywheres, up to 2,001 minimum bets of only 5 bucks and free withdrawals 24 hours a day and a 15% cash bonus added to your first deposit uh, to boot. Now, this isn't some jungle book located in some, in, like in Yenemsveld. This is Dutch-based VIPSportsbook.com where you're treated with class and your money is safe. Sign up online and don't forget you get that 15% cash bonus added to your account or call them toll-free if you like at 866-VIP-BETS. Don't forget, it's easy to get started. Just uh, look up VIPSportsbook.com and don't forget when you sign up online, you do get that 15% cash bonus like I said only moments ago. Be a winner at VIPSportsbook.com where you be the VIP. Live, live and local. We are Sports Radio 560 QAM. Actually a lesbian. All right. What's the matter with lesbian golfers? Can't you tell we really love hidden balls? The only thing that separates us from the men is the country club's bathroom stalls. I love my girlfriend, who's also caddy. She's the fam, I'm the book, she calls me daddy. Must dive at five, tuna taco, all right. It's still lady golf to me. Oh, my God. My favorite hole, it doesn't have any number, a green or a fairway. Don't sweat me cause I'm a snapper, lapper, I play golf and I'm gay. Are you sure? I missed my tea time, got caught in the clubhouse. Let golf is the only kind to dug out. I'm gay, let's play LPGA, still ladies golf to me. 
Everybody's disgrace chips it on my face. Still, ladies golf to me. Oh! Hey! 932 at 560 WQM. Happy Tuesday to you. I think, I could be wrong, because I asked George before the show, and he doesn't seem to know. But I think today is the day we're supposed to, like, kind of get back to normal. Labor Day is gone. The summer is over. The kids are all back in school, right? Well, you were talking about here in the station, right? Right. I'm talking about on QAM where everything has been, like, kind of up in a year. In fact, wouldn't you think that Duff would be coming back today? Yeah. I would sure think so. I bet you if you, like, walked out and wandered, you know, those few feet down the hall and looked in where he's got that little uh, paper mache desk, I bet you he might actually be sitting in there. No. He's not there? I was just by there. Oh. What about Clarence? Is he there? Yeah. Oh. Anyway, here's uh, uh no, I would think that today would be the day Greg shows up, but you said he was there Friday at 120, just in case I was in a building, making sure that I had plenty of time to get out before he showed his face. If I was him, I wouldn't show my face either, you know? Good old Greg. In fact, the rumor is not only we got a Dolphins doubleheader this afternoon, I mean, a, a Mar yeah, Marlins, Dolphins, and a Hurricanes, too. <laughs> and what about Screwan? Is she back? Has she got her sorry ugly I, old I wouldn't back? know. Oh, we don't know about that. I mean, it would, it, I could be wrong, and I don't really care because I'm a very long ways away, but it would seem that finally you reach a point where, you know, all the excuses, all the screwing off, you know, let's, let's get back to business now, okay? The summer book is, although the summer book don't end yet, does it, till the end of uh, this month? I don't know. Well, how come I'm on then today? I give up. Well, that's right. I'm due back on my Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's Tuesday. Tuesday and Thursday. I'll just make it up <laughs> as I go along, like Jika said, you know. As the mood strikes, I'll show up whenever I feel like it and see how long the checks keep coming. Anyway, MTV Awards, what they didn't show. Are you aware of this? Oh, where did you get this? What are you reading from? From the Herald. Oh. Oh. I was hoping there would be pictures. Some people question the antics of some bad boy, uh, bad news boys of hip-hop. Are they in character or out of character? Well, get this. The bad blood between Eminem and Moby almost turned violent at the recent MTV Video Music Awards when the best video winners of Posse chased Moby during a commercial break, according to the New York Post but also then rewritten in the Herald, which always has the posters like two days later. Moby ran and jumped into a chair in the audience at Radio City Music Hall when Eminem's army approached him, a source told the paper. They were pointing fingers at him and saying things like, we're going to get you after the show, says a witness. Moby ran and jumped into the seat in front of us to get away. When Eminem accepted his award for Best Male Video for Without Me, a song in which he ridiculed Moby, he took another pot shot at the bespectacled techno titan. I don't know what to say. That little Moby girl threw me out of my game, and that's into a chorus of booze. Keep booing, little girl. I will hit a man with glasses. Responding to Eminem's ill-humored and ill-timed behavior, Moby posted a response Friday on his official website. The truth is that I honestly, in all sincerity, thought that the whole Eminem thing was done in some semblance of humor until Eminem called me a pussy off camera and then threatened to beat me up. Oh, well, I think that Eminem is talented and interesting, but I'm kind of stunned at the anger he has for me, seeing as I'd never met him up, uh, up with him till last night. Asked backstage what he thought about the Eminem Moby feud, show host Jimmy Fallon said, Well, some people just don't like each other. What are you going to do? I didn't like my neighbor in college. Isn't that a profound response? Yeah, he's witty. Pretty weak. Hey, they uh, re ran that the other day. Asked me if I watched it. Did you watch it? No. No. In fact, as soon as I saw it, my uh, channel automatically changed all by itself. You would have liked that Shakira performance. I, I love Shakira in spite of your uh, negative comments about her. We got 13 quick votes. The poll is up already. Nice work there, Eric. See, Eric's back to luck business as usual now. He understands that today is the day. All the fall to all ends. George ain't going to be on for a while now until my next sick day, which could be any time. Oh, actually, I feel great. And Good. you notice how uh, I don't sound like I'm a... <laughs> Thanks a lot, right. Rimmer, for that great doctor. And by the way, don't call me any more from your planes. I'm not even going to discuss that. I'm not going to talk about his call the other day. 
Oh, come thanks on. Thanks for the... Huh? Oh, come on. No, because if I rip him, then he won't buy you lunch. Oh. Of course, if I don't mm. rip him, he's still not going to buy you lunch. Right. But anyway, thanks for that, doctor. I don't want to talk about him. I'd rather talk about her because she's great. Do you think I ought to mention her name on here? I don't know. I won't. Okay. Dr. Hanft? <laughs> no, no, seriously, she's sensational. She's over at Holy Cross. She used to be at the Cleveland Clinic, and I think the fact she got out of there and went off on her own, I think that speaks very well for her. Because you know what I think of the Cleveland Clinic. Yes, don't you? Yes, I do. Oh, God. I don't want to say it on the air. Do you have any idea? Well, you probably don't because you can't feel my elbow. And if you were here, I wouldn't let you feel my elbow anymore, and you wouldn't want to. But seriously, just the one ice cream, and it makes me feel so goddamn stupid. And there's nothing worse than being stupid. You know what? I should know. Because uh, just the one 15-minute deal. So I'm, I'm assuming now, like, after three or four more treatments, I'm going to feel like br brand new. Here's a show, speaking of TV shows, in case you don't want to watch the 15th rerun of the MTV Music Awards. And you don't want to watch uh, more reruns of The Sopranos till the new season starts. The 17th is when? That's not too, a couple of weeks away, right? Uh, yes, two weeks from today. This is by Glenn Garvin in today's Herald. Boy, I can't believe I got a couple of Herald stories right off the bat. Where was God on 9-11 program? Now, do you remember the day after, like on the 12th or the 13th of September last year, and I asked that very same question? Right. And some people were pissed off that I was asking, how dare you? I mean, how can you be so insensitive? And what are your usual uh, anti-religion? Well, I think it's a very legitimate question. And come to find out it's so legitimate that PBS tonight has got a two-hour show on it. How do you like that? Called Frontline Faith and uh, Doubt at Ground Zero. Once again showing that, as usual, oh, is way ahead, this time almost a year ahead of the rest of the pack. So many stories have been written and broadcast, wondering where the CIA and the FBI were on September 11th. Now Frontline asks a different and more wrenching question. Where was God? How could a just God, a merciful God, have permitted the slaughter of 3,000 people? Could the hijackers have been right? Could God have been on their side? Don't expect easy answers or any answers at all. The existence of evil in the face of an omniscient and omnipotent God has racked religious faith since the beginning of time. Faith and doubt at ground zero is not the sort of tidy, inspirational package you find on the bookstore self-help shelf. It's something much more rare, journalism that examines without derision or condescension, troubling questions of religious faith, dispensing almost completely with narration. What did I say? With narration, faith and doubt explores its subject through interviews with victims and survivors, relatives and strangers, security guards and opera divas, Christians, Muslims, Jews, and Buddhists. Don't say anything about atheists. The most anguished reactions, not surprisingly, came from those who lost loved ones. They range from the quiet alienation of a woman who haltingly whispers that since her mother's death, she no longer has conversations with God, to the raging accusations of the father of a fireman who perished inside one of the towers. I let loose at God, he recounts angrily. I fired all of my barrels at him. It might sound crazy, but I cursed him. I damned him. I look at him now as a barbarian. God damn it. But it is nearly as agonizing to hear priests and rabbis tell of the spreading fault lines in their faith since 9-11. Says a rabbi, rejecting stories of survivors who claim their salvation was part of God's plan, if you're going to tell me about how the plan saved you, you better also be able to explain how the plan killed them. And the loneliest cry of all comes from a Middle East historian who says that the rapturous celebration of death by the 9-11 hijackers and their supporters demolished the foundation of his atheism and left him tumbling into a void. It shook my belief in the one last foundation of everything in the human race, he said. Huh? I know, I didn't, didn't I know. Don't ask questions, okay? Can oh, I'm sorry. It's in the Herald. Curiously, many of the people interviewed for faith and doubt found solace and even religious reaffirmation in one of 9-11's most shattering images, the man and woman who, woman who uh, leapt hand-in-hand hand from a burning tower. Is that leapt or leaped? Leopard. 
It's everything we're capable of against horror and loss and tragedy because novelist Brian Doyle still lost in awe at the memory. It's what makes me believe that we're not fools to believe in God. Huh? His yeah. words ring with an eloquence that suffuses faith and doubt, even the breakdowns. Opera soprano Renee Fleming, describing how she sang Amazing Grace at the World Trade Center Memorial Service shortly after the attacks, admits it was the first time in her life she couldn't look at her audience for fear she'd go to pieces. Then with a shy half-smile, she apologizes to the cameraman. I'm going to cry now, she says. A year later, for short on answers, we still have plenty of tears, writes uh, the review, Glenn Garvin. So it's on 9 to 11 on PBS tonight. I'm going to watch it, aren't you? Uh, 20 till 10, you godless uh, heathen bastard. That's me. Spick. 20 till 10 at 560 WQM. Here's something we can all believe, and that's oleomet. It's almost like a religion in itself. In fact, it's so exciting that we even had Eddie call that one day, repeating it over and over again. Because just like, you know, we do Hail Marys over and over again. Right. I bet you if you say oleo, oleo, I bet you say it like a hundred times, you'll feel better already. And if you start taking oleomet, it can't hurt. It's a good way to stay in good health all the time. Oleomet is a soft gel capsule. Just pop a few in your puss that contains pharmaceutical-grade olive oil along with all kinds of good stuff for your body. Vitamins, minerals, and herbals, and they've got a different product for different parts of your body. They make one for your prostate, one specifically for your heart, your blood pressure, your cholesterol, your circulatory system, your digestive, your endocrine system, your skin, your bones, even your mind. Maybe one for your elbow, I hope. All using the benefits of the best olive oil you'll find anywhere. And don't forget, Oleomed makes products for men and you ladies out there, too. Pick some up today at Walgreens, Whole Food Markets, Navarro Pharmacy, and Sedano's. By the way, today is supposed to be the day, speaking of Walgreens, that the pizza loft opens in the plantation. That's right. It's on the calendar. When in doubt, we better check that out. If you want to find out more information about Oleomed and what it does and where you stick it, call their toll-free number, 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-OLEOMED. And don't forget, you can order their stupendous, exciting new products on their website, if you like, at oleomedamerica.com. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. I'm dying over here. Now, there's a healthy way to eat breakfast at Denny's. Welcome to Denny's. May I take your order? Yeah, I think I'll have the Brand Slam breakfast, please. Sure thing. Introducing the Brand Slam breakfast at Denny's. It's a brand new twist on an old favorite. You'll get two brand muffins, two bowls of raisin bran, two stacks of home-style bran cakes, and a jumbo glass of branberry juice cocktail. Mm-hmm. This Brand Slam breakfast is delicious. I've never tasted anything so... I'll be right back. The Brand Slam breakfast really gets you going in the morning. Can I help you? I really need to use the restroom. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. There's a 30-minute wait to be seated. Dump your old breakfast habit and take a healthy one with the Brand Slam breakfast at Denny's. You know what? There's a long wait. It's not because of the brands, because Elvis is in there. 9.45 9.45 at 5.60. We just can't get away from him, you know. They're still showing Elvis movies? Wait a minute. I'm talking to Jeff. Oh, a ponytail? Now, please don't tell me that we got misinformation from my close personal friend. Yes, Mark we do. I'm getting it right now. What is it? A week to ten days. Oi! Like I said. Well, I'm sure that she was told that. I'm sure she inquired from the people working in there, and they told her September 3rd. Because Marcy don't make mistakes. A week to ten days for the opening of the new pizza loft, so we gave you some bad information. It would be nice, though, if he would, like, you know, be in contact with us and we get the information from him instead of second or third hand, my good, close, personal friend, Jew, uh, Jeff, uh, whatever his name is. Huh? Wouldn't that be good? Of course, he's anyway. probably too busy making the meals for the Rimmers. And, by the way, they pay for their meals at the pizza loft. I want you to know that. But we don't, like, that? today, for example. Today what? We're not going to pay for lunch today because he's bringing us some pizza. Oh, good. Nice going. I'm glad he's bringing it while I'm not there. So it's permitting problems or something like that a week to ten days. 
Okay, week to ten days. We'll give just uh, stick with us. We'll give you the lowdown. Forty votes on our poll. What will you be doing on September 11th, which is a week from tomorrow? And I don't care what anybody says, but the media feeding frenzy in these next uh, few days is going to be enough to make you puke your guts out. Oh, maybe that's one of the reasons you're not going to watch Frontline tonight. Yeah. What What does that mean? It's, it sounds like it's right up your alley. I know. I'm thinking about it. I just, you know, I'm so exhausted by all of it. Yeah, me too. I might not watch it. 42 votes, like I said. Staying home, living as usual, going to work, feeding the dog, doing beating the kids. 30 votes for that. Hiding under the bed, eight. Boy, there have been a lot of people who have been out of there a long time, you know. I know. They just, in fact, I think they got the keyboard with them uh, under the bed so they can vote <laughs> yeah. on our poll. Sure. A little flashlight. Traveling by car, plane, or bus. Wait a, wait a minute. No, that, that's not right. Well, what is that? Did, did I screw up? Traveling by car, train, or bus. Come on, Eric, you bozo. Put down the goddamn breakfast burrito, you simpleton. He's got taking a commercial flight and traveling by car, plane, or bus. Car, train, or bus. Am I not articulating properly? Maybe if you rolled your R's. Yeah. Train. It's supposed to say traveling by car, train, or bus has got a pair. Taking a commercial flight, only one. Only one very brave soul out there. I wouldn't do it. No. And watching TV all day so I can wallow in the misery of last year, one. That's what we got so far, and I'm sure Eric will correct that very, very soon, like right away. Here's a story you're going to like. You're going to love it. All right. How come I got so many stories you're going to like? I don't know. It must be my lucky day. Yeah, it must be. By the way, the summer, and, of course, it won't be your lucky day forever because maybe tomorrow, someday this week, is the usual. You notice I waited like a little, a little passage of time so the audience would come back. I mean, so that we, yeah. you know. And every year after George does the summer shows, we take a little survey about how did George do. I know I'm going to vote. I think he did pretty damn good. Not spectacular, but pretty damn good. Better than ever before and getting better every damn show. Thank except you. Except for those awful calls, which are never going to get better. But nevertheless, so we'll take that, you know, and subject George to some abuse from the audience, especially those assholes that want to, like, beat up on him. He doesn't care anymore. He knows you're a bunch of morons. He's met a lot of you. He does those appearances. It's my job. It's his job, at least at the moment. Right. That's what Mo said. Of course, don't forget, you're being held in perpetual... Uh, right. In fact, even the hostages in Iran weren't held as long as you've been held. Well, as a quid pro quo for not firing George, the uh, growing consensus against circumcision by Jackie Smith in the National Post here in Toronto, eh? Oh, just in time for me not to care anymore. The growing consensus against circumcision. I hope you'll start pronouncing that properly now. It's against... Again, a... Just 30 years ago, male circumcision was all the rage. As many as 90% of boys in the U.S., 70% of those in Australia, 48% in Canada, and 24% in the U.K. were circumcised, often without any anesthesia. I can remember the war that uh, waged in my own mind when my son was born in the 1980s, he writes. Is it he or she? Well, whatever the hell it is. I had no religious reasons for choosing circumcision. I wasn't trying to guard against unhealthy masturbation as early proponents of circumcision were. <laughs> I hate the unhealthy kind. Oh, that's the worst. I didn't care if he looked like uh, Dad, as some parents do. I wanted to know only one thing. Would it be best for him medically? If he wasn't circumcised, would I be responsible for increasing his chances of urinary tract infections and sexually transmitted disease, as some physicians had suggested? Would it mean he might need the operation later in life when circumcision is more uncomfortable, not to mention unpleasant? And God damn, it hurts. Can you imagine? You know, all the uh, guys that we've talked to like were circumcised when they were like 14 oh, yeah. or 20? Oh, I can't man. imagine. What if he had the operation and got an infection, he, uh, he or she asks? What if the knife slipped? How would I live with myself? More importantly, how would he live with himself? 
It's the nature of parenting to always think, what could I have done better? So once I made a decision, I worried over whether it was the right one. Like all parents, I tried to act in the best interest of my child. When the Canadian Pediatric Society reviewed the medical literature and came out against routine circumcision in 1996, I thought the matter was settled. The CPS looked at the effect of newborn circumcision on the rate of urinary tract infections, sexually transmitted diseases, cancer of the penis, penile problems, and decided the practice was inadvisable. Huh. This was in line with a recommendation made earlier by its fetus and newborn committee. Well, I bet you didn't know that the Canadian Pediatric Society had a fetus and newborn committee, did you? I do now. Do now. And with 1971 and 75 recommendations of the American Academy of Pediatrics. Nevertheless, debates about the ethics of circumcision remain unresolved because of its connection to religion and culture, because medical studies sometimes turn up different results, and because parents do think their kids should look like dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've heard that. You wouldn't yeah, believe it. He looks just like dad. If you don't believe me, whip it out. Anyway, Jackie goes on to say, still I believe a consensus against circumcision is steadily emerging against. In this new era of patient rights, circumcision has come to seem like an anachronism. Among doctors, there's a greater emphasis on informed decision-making, the limits on parents' rights to make decisions about their kids' health, and the rights of children to be protected from parents who make wrong decisions. Well, how do you protect yourself against parents who made the decision when you were like a few days old? You use a pointy stick. I see. Even some adult men who were unnecessarily circumcised as children are asserting their rights to restitution. I heard about them. And since the balance of medical evidence suggests those who oppose circumcision have the facts on their side, doctors are increasingly refusing to perform circumcisions, complications from bleeding, amputation, oh my God, renal failure, sepsis, and death are powerful incentives to stop. What is sepsis? Huh? With the death of an infant in B.C., in British Columbia, possibly as a result of circumcision and currently under coroner's investigation, there will be more questions of circumcision's benefits and risks with a more pronounced focus on the latter. Parents who opt for circumcision must, as a matter of both law and morals, make the decision based on the principle of respect for the rights and best interest of their child according to the available information concerning risks and benefits. The death of the Kamloops baby may bring new awareness about the risks of circumcision, though the baby's death may ultimately turn out to have risen from something far more complicated than a botched circumcision. And believe you me, there's nothing, there are few things in the world worse than a botched circumcision, and I've seen the evidence of a few. Really? Oh! You're not lying? I've seen the evidence of a few. Oh, my God. Indeed, the media coverage of the incident may speed circumcision for non-religious reasons into the dustbin of medical practice, alongside many other once popular procedures, such as the removal of the ovaries for hysteria. What now? The removal of ovaries for hysteria. <laughs> Calm you down. Tonsillectomy for a sore throat lobotomy for mental retardation, etc. Just ask Jack Nicholson and the chief. In a few years, looking like that or wanting to keep a boy clean may no longer be legally legitimate rationales for circumcision. It's about time they weren't, says Jackie. Parents who've had their kids circumcised can't be faulted for doing what they thought was right, but it's unethical to continue a practice that is no longer medically defensible and could harm our kids. How do you like that? A lawsuit. Wow. Lawsuit. I'm suing my father because he's dead, okay? Well, that's what that club kept uh, proposing. The uh, I wish I had my foreskin club. Yeah. Where they're trying to grow it back. I say to hell with the Schwarzers with that restitution, okay? Let them go pick some more cotton, and then we'll think about it. But as far as those of us who have had our foreskins taken away, we want it back now. In fact, some guy asked me that over the weekend. I said, He said, what are you doing? I said, just trying to get my foreskin back. If I can't get mine, I'll borrow yours. <laughs> Did he let you? Anyway, you know, this is a horrible story about this Reese guy dying. Yeah, I know. Is that incredible? Now they'll never have... They'll never know. Closure. 
They will never have closure. They'll never have the definitive answer. The widow of the man police said was their top potential suspect. Oh, they see, now that he's dead, they said he was a suspect. Oh. In the unsolved Elizabeth Smart kidnapping, said authorities were investigating the wrong man. Angela Reese took her husband, Richard Albert Reese, off life support Friday night. He had suffered a massive brain hemorrhage Tuesday at Utah State Prison, where he'd been serving time on a parole violation and never regained consciousness. And now he's dead. When Angela Reese arrived at the hospital Tuesday night, she knew that her husband wasn't going to wake up. The minute I saw him, I just know what he looks like when he was asleep, and he was just gone, she said. Reese, 48, died about 12 minutes after life support machines were turned off. Angela Reese said the stress of being wrongly linked to Elizabeth Smart's abduction contributed to his death. Do I smell a lawsuit coming? I think I can smell it. If he had been at home, I think this wouldn't have happened, she said. Angela Reese, 38, married Reese on Valentine's Day after her brother introduced them. Reese, a parolee, told Angela he wasn't going to return to his criminal ways, she said. We all have a past, she said, adding that she had not worried at all about introducing Reese to her 11-year-old son. She described her husband as a kind man who loved to cook and play the guitar. Reese, who she said she called Rick, would often pack a sack lunch for her to take to her job as a receptionist, would add a note saying, have a nice day, honey. I felt more safe with Rick than I've ever felt with anyone in my life, she said yesterday. Elizabeth's father, Ed Smart, had repeatedly said he felt Reese had a part in his daughter's disappearance. He had made several televised pleas for Reese to cooperate with police. Reese had worked as a handyman in the Smart's house, was accused of stealing items from their home, yada, yada, yada. After Reese's death, the Smart family issued a statement expressing heartfelt condolences to his widow. Heartfelt. Do you believe it? I feel it. So there you go. I think this is staying. Of course, the media loves this because now it's open for conjecture for like forever. Forever. Did he do it? Did he not do it? Is he, uh, you know, and they can uh, have like eight, 85 uh, miniseries on it. Like Jean Benet and J.S. Something like that. 9.56 at 5.60 WQM. We're back in the swing of it, baby. Oh. We're back to our regular schedule. Neil is on in spite of the fact that Mo isn't aware of it yet. I'm sure if he knew I was on today, he would have promoted it, wouldn't he? No. And uh, and we're like uh, doing it. Hank is on today from Crystal Palace. Very briefly, because we got that Marlin doubleheader. I'll tell you, Hank is catching up. And, of course, the Mad Dog, he just, you know, he shows up when he feels like it. I think I've set a really good example for the rest of the staff. Uh-huh. Yeah, we work when we feel like it, okay, Greg? And just keep the checks coming, sweetheart. Yeah, Hank is uh, like on perpetual vacation and doing a show from the Crystal Palace today. Have you ever been there? No. Never been well, to that... the Bahamas. Oh, you don't want to go there. That's what you said. Oh, I've never been to the Crystal Palace, but the Bahamas is real. Yaman. Drek. Anyway, if your hair is blowing... If you're out there in these uh, breezy days, what breeze are they talking about? Do we have any breeze in South Florida? No. Well, maybe here. we got a nice breeze here. Maybe you're up here for a few days, like Joe and his buddies. And uh, you're tired of your thinning hair blowing out of control. Enough of the blowing already, okay? Get your hair back from my good buddy Chuck Alfieri. Just call him at 1-800-321-2413. And in a very short period of time, he can make you look like a mensch, better and younger than you have in years, and probably better than you ever thought you could again, maybe even better than you did before. And now is the smart time to call because summer is running out. But you can still take advantage of these summertime special at the Alfieri Studios. Just mention Old Neil, underline the old part, and you'll get 300 bucks off the regular price just for mentioning my name. And don't forget, Charles Alfieri services and repairs all kinds of hair systems while you wait for as little as 30 bucks, and always makes them looks a, hell, uh, looks a lot better, too. Get that? Got it. Char- Charlie offers you a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you put on his natural hairline system and don't love the way it looks and feels and smells, then Charlie gives you a full refund. So g- say goodbye to that farm animal that's dying on top of your head or that gigantic ugly bald spot and get some hair back. Pick up that phone and call Charles Alfieri today, 1-800-321-2413, or log on to charlesalfieri.com. My and local, this is Sports Radio 560, QAM. The Honey Junior. 
When a story is too big for the other cable news channels, only one man is big enough to break it down in this scrumptious little sound bite. It's Fatman on MSNBC. Hi, I'm Jerry Fatman. Tonight, we'll sink our teeth into the problems on Wall Street. But first, I want to get this devil dog down. Oh, damn, I ate the wrapper again. Weeknights at 7 Eastern, Jerry Fatman devours the issues of the day, like the Middle East. These Palestinians can blow up buses. They can blow up schools. But when they start blowing up delis, that's when America needs to get involved. Fatman on MSNBC, the new show that can only be filmed in widescreen. I'm Jerry Fatman. Tonight, we'll have a roundtable discussion with Mr. Salty, Mr. Peanut, Mrs. Butterworth, Betty Crocker, and a special medical report from Dr. Pepper. That's tonight on the next Fatman. Right here on the Food Network. Uh, Jerry, this is MSNBC. Oh, right. Uh, so you gotta finish those chips. Hey, let go of those. Come mine. Let me have this one. Let him go, Fatty. Have you ever seen him? No, I haven't. You haven't seen Jerry Nachman? Nachman, no. whatever the hell his name is. Batman. He looks like you've taken Josh Friedman and Fat Boy and, like, sewed them together. Ew. And that's him. He's on MSNBC. In fact, last night I'm channel surfing, and there he was with Donnie, who was like a repeat because it was a holiday. And uh, they're sitting there, like, uh, bemoaning their fate about, well, you know, uh, they're getting support from the people at MSNBC, and but how long are they going to be on, and how long are they going to give them before they flop and get fired on their ass? Stuff like that. This guy has got a uh, definitely uh, a face for and a body for radio, not for TV. Jerry Nachman, gigantic. 81. Now, you think Eric would be upset if I changed the wording on that one thing on the poll again? Cause we, of he, course he not. No, he, wouldn't be, he shouldn't be upset because he made that one mistake and corrected it, so I'm going to change something else. Because that thing about staying home and living as usual, see, even confused you. Right. I mean, staying home implies like not going to work, being afraid it, of a lot exactly, of Exactly, right. How about just living my life as usual? There you go. Huh? Isn't that's that like my a plan. More? How about that, Eric? Living my life as usual. I'm sure you can do it. Maybe I'll 80... pour a little bit of the beer out onto the parking lot in honor of the, uh, you know, the victims. <clears throat> 87 votes. Living my life as usual. I'm, I'm sure that those people understand what I meant. 58. Hiding under the bed. 16. Watching TV all day so I can wallow in the misery of last year. 6. Taking a commercial flight. 4. Good luck to you. Nice knowing you. Traveling by car, train, or bus. 3. Nice knowing them. How huh? those four? Yeah. As a matter of fact, they'll have a lot of room on the plane. Oh, not another priest story that said that you just faxed to me. Yeah. And, Former and area another. priest who admitted abuses, abuses, loses Michigan job. Abuses, oh. loses. So many priests in so little time. A former priest who admitted to sexually abusing altar boys at his cottage near Lake Erie has lost his job as a Michigan social worker. What a shame. I'm sure we could find him a place at QIM. Leo Welch, who was accused of molesting the youths at his summer retreat in eastern Lucas County in the early 60s, is no longer working for the Senior Alliance in Detroit. The 75... How many pages is this? Oh, there's other stuff. It's not just oh, that. Oh, because I, I hear the fax machine pumping back there, and I'm thinking... A third of the uh, pages that came in that batch, by the way. The 75-year-old social worker's last day was August 12th. That a director of the nonprofit agency he refused to elaborate. He's no longer in our employee, said Mike Simovsky, who is it's a personnel matter. The former priest departure occurred nearly two months after he admitted in interviews with the blade, whatever kind of rag that is, that he abused the youngsters. Is that the Toledo blade? Oh, yeah, it is. As a matter of fact, look it up there, dummy. It says ToledoBlade.com, you idiot, you moron. Oh, that he abused youngsters at a small shuttered cottage off State Road Route 2 during weekend trips in what may be the largest sexual misconduct case in the Toledo Catholic Diocese. While serving at Immaculate Conception Church in Bellevue between 1956 and 61, 
Mr. Welch invited the boys, as many as four dozen between the ages of 8 and 13, to his cottage, a virtual playground with a pond, go-kart track, and speedboat on Lake Erie. Sounds like a swell time, doesn't it? I want to go. Okay. No, I'm sorry, you're too old. Oh, damn it. Uh, more, oh, you know, yeah, I, no. had, I didn't have one of these in my pile today, okay? Oh, no! Yeah. Boy, oh, boy, look at that. This story, and it goes to show you what comes around goes around. Burn Laxer, founded Burn Steakhouse, he died. is dead. That'll teach him not to give me a free meal. Should I tell that story again? No. I might. What did he die of? And then decide. About, uh, I, I don't believe in trying to repay other people's kindness with, uh, you know, free uh, meals. But I, <laughs> I, I, I give you my best wishes. And I thought, you cheap prick. <laughs> Here he gets to tell me about all the people that come in there from uh, South Florida. Always say, oh, I heard Neil Rogers raving about your steakhouse. Not that I look for freebies. You know me. In fact, I'm sometimes embarrassed. But it, it just seemed to me that if there was anybody who should have given me a free meal, especially an overpriced joint like Burns, it should have been him. And now, guess what? He died? Yes. Now you'll never get that meal. Uh, how do you know? Maybe he put it in as well. Yeah, Neil Rogers eats free. Uh, of course, am I going over there to eat free? No. I'm not going every day. Uh, forget about it. You want to go to Tampa to eat well in your case? Yeah. Hey, forget about Burns. Rimmer's going to buy you lunch at the Pizza Loft. World-renowned restaurateur Bernard Bernlaxer died Saturday in Tampa after a long illness. He was 78. He died? Yes. For four decades, Laxer ran Burns Steakhouse, an internationally acclaimed steak restaurant that drew, draws loyal customers from across the globe with what food critics often describe as thick-aged steaks, peerless service, scrumptious desserts, and an almost boundless wine list. The restaurant's reputation helped boost Tampa's. Burns often is the first topic of conversation when strangers meet a Tampa resident. Well, what else are you going to talk about besides, uh, what's that place? Uh, Mons Venus. Mons Venus. That's exactly what I was talking about. See, I know where George would be going. Not to Burns. He'd be going to Mons Penis. Well, maybe I'd go to Burns first. <clears throat> he is my hero. Malio Ivarone, owner of Malio Steakhouse in Tampa, said Sunday, he was the best. Burns is the best steakhouse in America. He kept us all on our toes. Lax's attention to detail was legendary, whether growing the restaurant's vegetables at his organic farm. Did you know that? No. Yeah, he has no guy. For years he did that. Organic farm, they grow all their own stuff. Or making sure dessert was prepared properly. Burns won countless wine and service awards over the years. His only embarrassment and failure was uh, failing to give Neil Rogers a free meal many years ago. In a 1991 interview, Laxer addressed the awards, his down-to-worth uh, nature. Uh, I can't read this. Frequently dressed in a white T-shirt, Laxer could have been easily mistaken for a member of the kitchen staff rather than the owner of a restaurant catering to a who's who of the rich and famous. I don't believe in hanging up awards. I don't think it's right to tell people you're a big shot. Once you think you're somebody, everybody begins to slow down. He had some really interesting waiters over there, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bizarre. Like the one who did the magic tricks. <laughs> Just bring me the food, sweetheart. Just bring me the food, okay? That one guy who was a big fan of mine. Well, that's long before your time. I'm not doing any more of these priest stories, am I? Yes. Panhandle priests seek help to keep parishes open after eight resign amid sex abuse allegations. That isn't Florida panhandle. That's the Texas panhandle. Oh. I can think of three states with a panhandle, Texas, Oklahoma, and Florida. Can you name me another Idaho. One? Idaho. What about California? Is that considered? No. No. But it could be. You know, Northern California, where kind of like juts up there by Nevada? Is that yeah. a... Uh, no. No. Few places have been hit harder by a sexual abuse scandal in the Catholic Church than the Diocese of Amarillo, where eight priests have resigned after being accused of abuse. Oy. 
11 of the 35 parishes in the sprawling 26-county diocese do not have full-time priests. Retired priests are celebrating Mass on Sundays and hearing confessions, and deacons are assisting with administrative duties to serve the diocese 56,000 Catholics. Many priests are roving to cover responsibilities at more than one church. They're roving. Mm -hmm. That's our immediate way to respond to the crisis that we have, said John Yenta, Yenta, Bishop of the Armadillo Archdiocese. It's a crisis, but it could be a whole lot worse. Oh, geez. Allegations against the priest who resigned vary, but most involved accusations from outside the Texas panhandle. An altar boy accused one of sexual abuse in another state. A man from Illinois raised questions of sexual misconduct in the 60s. Another priest was accused of misconduct in Michigan in 1988. One priest left because of an allegation about an incident that occurred while he was principal of what is now Holy Cross Catholic Academy in Armadillo. And it goes on and on and on and on, but I'm not going to do that, am I? No. I've got more important stuff than child molesting priests. I mean, if you don't have enough evidence about that yet, you never will. Do they have enough evidence? No. Now forget about it. Neil just made it all up. Here's an important story for all you senior citizens out there. Sets a good example for you. Of course, the end of the story isn't really good. You know the one I'm talking about? No. Yes, you do. An 81-year-old woman dove into a pond and saved a fellow nursing home resident from drowning after the car the resident had been in plunged into the water. This is in Shreveport, Louisiana. You're not familiar with this story? I haven't heard it, no. There wasn't anybody else around, said Carolyn Kelly, who heard the accident and ran to help. I've done a lot of swimming in my time. Nina Hutchinson, 83, was taken to LSU Hospital after she was pulled from the pond, but the bad news is she died yesterday, hospital officials said. She died. That's correct. That's Isn't that bad. a shame? Yeah. Here's this 81-year-old old bag, I mean, this very nice lady, dives into the water to save her life and uh, yanks her out of there, take, they take her to the hospital, and she still dies. Her husband, Harlem Hutchinson, 90, oh, had been driving Sunday afternoon when he accidentally hit the gas pedal instead of the brake and his car plunged into the pond. Well, that's unusual, isn't it? Yeah, it never happens down here. Kelly, a fellow resident at the Glen Retirement Village, swam to the passenger side of the car and held Nina Hutchinson's head out of the water until firefighters arrived, officials said. She seemed to be getting weaker and weaker, and those boys that came in after I called 9-11 got there and nothing flat, Kelly said. They took her out of my arms and took care of her, but she still died. Harlem Hutchinson was able to get out of the car and swim to shore. Now, isn't that a shame? Talk about where was God? Don't you think he's the one that should have died? God? I mean, the guy accidentally hit the gas pedal instead of the brake and went into the pond. Well, he works in mysterious ways, you know. She was definitely a hero, said Luther Charbonneway, fire district chief. She shucked her clothes and bailed off in there. What? Mm. It says she shucked her clothes and bailed off in there. Okay. <laughs> Shucks. Whatever that means. But the bottom line is that old bag, I mean, that woman is still dead. And the husband, the one like, uh, was a little confused, the 90-year-old, I'm going to tell you right now, 90-year-olds have got no business driving. No. I, I don't give a crap what anybody says, except Ma. Well, she's not 90 yet. Getting pretty close. 12 minutes after 10 at 560 WQAM. Let me tell you about, oh, how's Todd Dreck doing? Have you seen him yet this morning? No. <laughs> I saw Troy Stratford. He's the one that cares. He, Troy Stratford is the only member of our sales department who's got his thumb on it. I'll tell you that right now. Who gets the job done cares about servicing his accounts, does takes care of the copy. He's not a slackered like Todd Dreck. Let me tell you right now, if you want to get out of your dead-end job, becoming a computer professional certainly is the way to go. You've heard us talk about the large number of jobs that are out there waiting for you, making some serious big bucks. The question is, how do you find a good school that will help you accomplish this? There's only one school that's got four convenient locations in Dayton Broward, only one that's got certified Microsoft instructors, one that offers you convenient day, evening, and weekend classes that fit into your schedule. There's one school that's got full-time job placement department with over 30 years' experience. And with this school, you can complete your program and get certified in just four short months. And we're talking, guys, about hands-on training. And that school is Fast Train. 
You've heard me talk about our friends at Fast Train, so it's time for you to get off your butt, pick up the phone and call them today, and get started on the road to a real serious career. Call toll-free 1-866-FAST-TRAIN, and be sure and tell them that Todd Dreck is really doing it. Not. That's 1-866-FAST-TRAIN, or check them out on the web at FastTrain.com. Live and local, this, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. Come on, boy, time to eat. <laughs> Your dog, he's happy, he's frisky, he's hungry. Oh, my aching back, it sure is expensive to feed that big old thing. Well, now you don't have to worry about the high cost of dog food when you buy Pukanuba. Pukanuba? That's right, here, pour it in his bowl. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow, he's eating it, and I didn't think he liked dry dog food. Well, it won't be dry for long, just watch. Wow, oh, he blew it up, and now it's all over the floor. Not for long, watch. Now he's eating the Pukanuba again. Oh! <laughs> Pukanuba, what healthy... Oh, no, he's throwing it up again. Yeah. <laughs> Pukanuba, what healthy dog... Oh, no, now he's eating it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pukanuba. Oh, no, now he's throwing it up again. Pukanuba, what healthy dogs eat over and over and over and over. 1017 at 560. Nobody That's the one thing that always grossed me out about dogs, among many other things, is the fact that they'll puke and then they'll like uh, start lapping it up again. And they'll also eat cat crap. You want to get me started on that? Anyway, I, look, it's getting too close to lunchtime or brunch or something like that. I don't want to start talking about the uh, feces eating habits of dogs because, believe me, if anybody knows, I think golden retrievers, that's one of their specialties. That's why they call them retrievers. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, look, I mean, why did you bring that up? Jesus you brought Christ. it up. The hell I did. The dog brought it up. <laughs> and then ate it again. God. Now, what that was I just going to say that was so important before you started grossing us out with your stuff again? Oh, a silence that Coolidge would envy. That's good. I already saw that, but I'll, we'll see if we have time. We've got a lot of stuff today, including Oprah's, like, <laughs> ballooned up to 275 death-defying pounds. Doesn't that give you hope? For what? Oprah. I, look, I don't wish anybody any bad. Only in her case, Oprah, I'd make an exception. Gives okay? Dr. Phil hope. He wants that slot. Yeah, that's that's true. He'd rather have four to five, then we can put Guiding Light back on. Oh, and speaking of Guiding Light, have you noticed that now they're putting like a whole lot of naked uh, young people on there again? Uh-huh. No. Desperate to try to move that audience with them to 10 a.m. starting, uh, what is it, uh, two weeks from yesterday. September 16, Guiding Light moves to 10 a.m. Depressing. 114 votes on our poll today. What will you be doing a week from tomorrow, September 11th? Living my life as usual, 81. Hiding under the bed, 17. Taking a commercial flight, 6. 5% of this audience is going to be flying a week from tomorrow? We buying that? Uh, no. Uh, watching TV all day so I can wallow in the misery of last year, 6. And traveling by car, train, or bus, 4. As a matter of fact, Newsday says people are divided on the September 11th holiday. Americans are divided about whether 9-11 should be a national holiday like Veterans Day or Memorial Day, according to a new poll. Isn't it great, all the polls? I mean, we take our poll on our website because it's just there and it's easy, but just amazing to me. The polls that they take. Support for a national holiday on that date the terrorists attacked the World Trade Center in New York and the Pentagon has slipped a bit since March, according to a CNN Time poll released Sunday. While 44% favor the idea... 
51 are opposed to it, down from a 48-48 tie in March. You following this? Write these numbers down, okay. folks. Very crucial crap. The telephone poll of 1,004 adults was conducted Wednesday and Thursday of last week and has an error margin of plus or minus three points. Put that like an asterisk next to it. Okay. The poll also found that a third of the people said they feel less safe in public places and slightly more said they feel less safe traveling since 9-11. You know something at this point, because I, you know, I fly quite a bit, I don't even think about it. In fact, when I came back up here at Miami International, and by the way, Ike Siemens, they were really great. You'll be pleased to know, you suckhole, you idiot, you old fuddy-duddy fool. But they, so after I go through the thing, she, you know, my luck. They, they must not like me, you know, all those spick uh, baggage inspectors. So I go through the whole uh, screening thing, and no problem, and I pick up my bag, and I'm, like, wandering along. And the woman, you know, the last gasp woman, at last, like, they got the bomb, uh, what do they call that thing? What do they call it? It's like a bomb detector. You know, it's got like a little uh, thing on it. It's got, she's got like a little wand, and on the end of it, there's like oh, a little okay. cloth. Right. It's, it's a bomb detecting machine. So she wants my bag. So she's looking in the bag, and she's waving a thing around, and then she has me sit down and take off my shoes. Didn't, yeah. It didn't bother me in the least. I sat down. I handed her the shoes. She potchkied around with them. She, uh, she handed them to the shoe shine guy, which is a good way for him to get an extra couple of bucks, and then she gave them back to me, and that was it. Didn't phase me in the least. In fact, uh... You know, what's the big deal with that? And I don't sit there looking around at the other. You know, in those first few months after 9-11, all of us, everyone who, uh, everyone, I don't care how much of a liar you are, you'll have to admit, when you got on a plane, when you were sitting in the boarding area at the gate, you were looking around. Oh, that one looks like a terrorist. right? Oh, and I'm definitely not getting on if that asshole gets on. You know, that kind of thing. Sure. And even on that flight I told you about coming back from Amsterdam, the guy that kept running to the toilet, yeah. Remember that? <laughs> right. That Dutch guy, he kept running. Every, every day he'd go to the toilet, he'd be in there for like 10 minutes, he'd come back, and his head would start bobbing around, and he'd go back in there again. Maybe he was puking, I don't know. Maybe he was in there so long because he was puking and then uh, checking it out again, like that dog. <laughs> have you ever seen a dog do that seriously? Yeah, yes, I have. Oh. See, I always stop my dogs from doing that. It, it, maybe, maybe I shouldn't. No, maybe it, <laughs> you should. Maybe it's like, you know, second-day spaghetti. Maybe it's not so bad. Support for ever. Let's see how we did that. Uh, a third said they feel less safe in public places. Almost a third said that they're worried that a terrorist attack will occur on the anniversary of 9-11. People are most likely to say an attack in the next 12 months will be carried out with a car or truck carrying a bomb or with biological or chemical weapons. And two-thirds said the nation's intelligence gathering agencies failed in their responsibilities to get information about the attacks. How do you like that? Two-thirds. You think? And don't you recall, like a year ago, they were saying it was the greatest intelligence failure of the U.S. of A.? Uh-huh. I remember that. But, of course, we're supposed to have a short memory. Speaking of that, editor says bin Laden is alive in command, and in command. The editor of a London-based Arabic-language daily newspaper Sunday repeated his claim that Osama Yamama bin Laden is alive and added that he's now back in charge of the al-Qaeda terrorist network. Abdel Bari Atwan, editor of Al-Quds, told ABC this week he hasn't seen bin Laden and has no physical evidence the al-Qaeda leader is alive, but sources told me he's alive and that he's in command, Atwan be saying. In July, Atwan told CNN sources uh, bin Laden was wounded in the bombing of Tora Bora and had shrapnel in his left shoulder. He was injured and he was subject to a surgery and the shrapnel was removed from his left shoulder and now he's perfectly well, Atwan said. He told ABC he believes bin Laden's alive because... It is un-Islamic not to declare his death if he's dead. And Atwan said Al-Qaeda's issued a list of its members who've been killed, and the list have not included bin Laden's name. There's not been a videotape of bin Laden recently because he's waiting for the right moment, Atwan said. 
In addition to which, they had those doggy snuff films. Why should they waste stuff with right. them, you know? <clears throat> he was criticized heavily by other Islamic organizations that he's a man who's saying a lot of things, and when it comes to delivery, he doesn't deliver, Al-Wan said. So we'd like to come out when he does something or his organization actually carries out an attack, and after that, maybe he'll come out with a tape to prove that he's really behind it. In the July interview, Al-Wan said he had not seen bin Laden and doesn't know where he is. I don't think anybody knows actually where he is. Maybe if an American with the latest equipment, with, you know, the best of communication, the best buying warplanes, they can't spot him. You think, uh, you know, who would be able to do so, he said? In other words, if we can't find him, who the hell can? Of course, we also can't find our ass with both hands. That's our problem, you know. Isn't that unpatriotic to say that? Yes, it is. I'm glad I didn't say it. Commie. Oh, speaking of unpatriotic and commies, Jeb Bush appeals to Ventura over Cuba trip. Citing a lack of bait. Oh, and you notice that the McBride is catching Janet in the polls? Yes, good. Thank God. Yeah. All right. We might actually have a candidate against Bush who might have like an outside chance, like a minimal chance to win. Oh, please. Who is it responsible for all the failures of the DCF? Citing a lack of basic freedoms in Cuba, Governor Bushmeister urged Minnesota Governor Jesse Ventura to reconsider his plans to attend a trade exposition there next month. While I don't expect you to cancel your trip, I strongly believe doing so would be the right thing to do, Bush said in a letter dated August 29th of Ventura. You don't think he's pandering to anybody, do you? No. Thank God. I encourage you to consider other options as you look for opportunities to expand international trade for your state. But a spokesman for Ventura said the Minnesota governor did not agree with Bush's isolationist approach and would not alter his plans. Oh! Ventura will help promote the sale of Cuba to Cuba of Minnesota-produced food and agricultural products at the U.S. Food and Agribusiness Expo to be held September 26th to 30th in Havana's office said. Ex uh, exhibit uh, pr uh, organizers predict 18 to 20,000 people will attend the expo and then more than 150 companies, organizations, and government offices from 30 states and the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico will participate. Oh, you don't want to go to this reconsider. Ventura's announcement brought a swift response from his counterpart in Florida home to a large Cuban exile community opposed to trade with the Kami Pinko Nation. President Bush's brother urged Ventura to bear in mind during his trip to Cuba that Cuban President Fidel Castro denies the 11 million Cuban people rights that Minnesotans and political independent Ventura take for granted. Speaking out against government policies, fighting for what you believe, attempting to change the established order in an effort to create a better society will gain you the label of an independent maverick in the U.S., he wrote. In Cuba, you're called a dissenter, an enemy of the revolution, and then summarily thrown in jail. Money made from the trade will be used by Castro and the Cuban government to finance his oppressive regime and ensure its continued existence, Jeb Bushmeister said. The island nation is simply a bad credit risk, the Republican governor continued. He urged the former wrestler to meet with dissidents during his trip. John Wodell, a spokesman for Ventura, said the governor would proceed with his trip to Cuba and Bafangula to Well, he didn't say that. On a personal level, he likes Governor Bush, but he happens to disagree with the governor's hardline positions. He believes that building a strong economic relationship will do a whole lot more to build government and cultural reforms than the isolationist approach that Governor Bush endorses, like his brother. How do you like it? Well, I'm not going to ask you how you like it. Oh, I don't care anymore. Huh? Ask Miguel how he likes it. Okay. Hey, Miguel. Oh, he's not here. Hey, Miguel, how do you like it? Oh, Miguel's uh, not around. Well, he's in the building. Yeah, he's over there uh, doing Doreen is what I heard. 1027 at 560 WQM. If you want somebody to do your carpets, in fact, I was at Mommy's for lunch last Thursday, just before I left town on Friday before I got the hell out of there. And yeah. uh, her carpets are really looking special. I mean, I'm embarrassed because my carpets look great, but her carpets look just like brand new. And you want to know why? I know why. Because Dry Concepts was there, there. And not only that, but she actually, hey, Rimmer, if you're listening, she paid for it. She refused to take a freebie because she's too embarrassed to keep doing that and mention that she's my mother, even though they know that already. She actually paid for it and gave the guy a tip, too. I, that, that's incredible. I just mentioned that, Rimmer, in case you're listening. 
Dry Concepts, man, they're the best in the world. They did my house a couple of months ago. My carpets look sensational. Not as good as Ma's, but hers aren't. And hers are like a zillion years old, too. It's astonishing. The worst-looking carpets in the world, they dry clean them, they suck out the deep-down dirt, and everybody in the world will think you just had brand-new carpeting laid on that floor. And don't forget, no scams, no rip-offs, no bad surprises after the job. They give you a written, guaranteed price up front before they start doing their spectacular work, so you're never disappointed. Always have a big smile on your puss when they get done. And your carpets are dry in a couple of hours, you're ready to rock and roll again. And Dry Concepts also do an unbeatable job of cleaning your furniture and drapery, spot dyeing, fiber protection, carpet repairs, implant oriental rug service, second to nobody in the universe, deodorization, and if a flood hits you, complete water damage restoration too. If you want the best job at a fair guaranteed price every time, these are the people, Dry Concepts. In Broward, call 954-370-7778. 954-370-7778. In Date or Palm Beach, the call is free. Call toll-free 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071. Clean today, entertain tonight with Dry Concepts. We're Sports Radio 560 QAM. It's dangerous in Miami town. At 560 WQAM. What's that crap they played down the hall? What garbage. The kids today don't know what's good. Like that song, uh, I'm happy I live in a split-level head. You remember that? <laughs> How can you... Listen. I'm happy I live in a split-level head. I'm happy I live in a split-level head. You don't remember that? No. No? Why am I surrounded by morons? Come on, Howie. Don't you call me Howie. No. I've had enough in subordination from you, pal. No. You shut up, fatso. Okay, that's it. You're all fired. You fat, stupid boob. You listen to me? You're fired. Kelsey, that goes for you, too. You know who I am? I'm the king of our red dice. <laughs> I came down here after losing my job. To be a big fish in a little pond. Duh. When they kicked me off ESPN, they told me don't come back again. I had some problems with wise guys who advised I move to paradise. Florida. Fire. That bank deal ain't no Louis Nye. That guy was funny. You're all fired. And I hope that Chiscus was dying. I hope he dies. I hope you all die. I'm a big fish in a little pond, see? A big fish in a little pond. Is anybody listening to me? I'm a big fish in a little pond, a big fish in a little pond, a big fish in a little pond. Yeah! Why doesn't anybody enjoy me? 1033 at 560 WQM. What has Book of Brian been on all summer, you know? He must be uh, doing some really good crap. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I know what you mean. Is he sharing? In, in the pocket. No, he doesn't share. Oh. The Kentucky... Now, what is Wicca? Witches. Is that what that is? Modern witches. It's the word that witches, that witch comes from. See, I knew if anybody would know the answer, that would be George, since he's an expert on all this uh, crap. The crap expert. By the way, how's Glenn Garnsey doing? Who? The Kentucky Department of Corrections has suspended formal satanic worship service at the Green River Correctional Complex, while officials work to shape a statewide policy on the practice. How about Tony Kerwood? 
Inmates at Green River, a medium security prison in Central City, had been allowed to hold weekly satanic services this summer as part of the official religious services calendar, said Lisa Carnahan, a corrections spokeswoman. We honestly didn't know it was on a religious calendar, Carnahan said, after the Lexington Herald leader questioned the practice. We're researching it to see what we're required to allow under the law, but we found information that indicates that satanic services could be a <laughs> could be a threat to the institutions, so for now we won't aid or abet satanic worship. Well, thank God for that. Oh! Under federal law and U.S. Supreme Court decisions, correctional institutions may not prohibit the exercise of inmates' religious freedom as long as the practice of the recognized religion does not compromise the safety of other inmates or the staff, said Joe Whedon, manager of the Government Affairs for American Correctional Association. Satanic services were suspended Thursday at Green River after the newspaper's inquiry. Inmates of at least two of the state's 14 other prisons practice Satanism on their own, Carnad said. Now, what does that mean? Do they, like, they uh, like nail a chicken to the outside of their cell door? Something like that. Carnad said the state has not suspended Wiccan services, which also were held at Green River, and three other prisons. Wicca practices witchcraft, but sees the divine in every element of nature. We don't have any materials that indicate that Wicca compromises the safety of the institutions, Carnahad said. See, haven't I always said that anybody who believes in any religion should be an institution? Haven't I always said that? Uh-huh. Maybe yep. they should. The issue arose at Green River a few months ago when one inmate sought permission to practice Satanism. Warden Patty Webb decided it was safer to give inmates a specific time and place to worship where they'd be monitored rather than letting them practice among themselves on the prison yard, Carnahad said. Only two inmates showed up last week for the Satanic services at Green River. Kentucky officials have learned that policies in other states vary. For example, prison officials in Texas, where 150 inmates say they follow Satanism, prohibit the services. We've looked at the Satanic Bible and are convinced that what it advocates would put our prisons at risk safety-wise, said Donald Casper, chaplain from the Texas system. One of their tenets is revenge. If somebody hurts you, hurt them back. Like they said in The Godfather, they hit us, we hit them back. We hit uh, Bruno Tatalia at 3 o'clock this morning. Whedon said he didn't think the numbers have been compiled on how many inmates across the U.S. practice Satan. Isn't that pathetic? Isn't that tragic? Isn't that typical of the uh, U.S. survey? It sure is. Now, you faxed me this thing about the, uh, and funny, you should fax this. Well, funny, somebody should, should send it. Oh, it's from the BBC, eh? About the um, diabetes uh, monitor, the tax yeah, monitor. Yeah, it's fascinating, I think. Because I, I saw a story on it yesterday. And, of course, being an old diabetic myself, I sat up in a chair and I looked at it and I thought, eh? Scientists are, oh, and this device may end the need for a skin prick test. Right. Man. And there are few things more painful than that skin prick. Not really. I've been doing that for uh, 15 years. I've been pricking my fingers. And? And uh, does it feel? Uh, it don't feel like anything. It just felt like a prick. Right, exactly. I couldn't say it better myself. See, now he's setting up his own stuff. I love oh, it. That See, that that's what happens when you put him on all summer, man. He's starting to set up his own <laughs> crap. That was good, though. Scientists are developing a smart tattoo that could tell diabetics when their glucose levels are dangerously low. See, I have a problem with that. You want to know why? Why? I don't want to generalize, but it would seem to me that your your glucose level might be dangerously low, like when you're in bed sleeping. You right. know what I mean? Like in the sure. middle of the night. You're not going to be looking at your tattoo while you're, you know, cutting Z's 3 o'clock in the morning. Neither are you going to be pricking your like finger 40. and taking your uh, blood uh, level, sugar level. It would also mean that diabetics would no longer have to subject themselves to the finger prick devices that currently they must use every day. The tattoo's been designed. You know something? I, I don't care. Unless it was accurate. It yeah. says fluorescence levels could be measured using a device such as a watch that would also give users a readout of their glucose level. When they get that, then I'll get it. 
Preliminary studies in tattooed rats that have been given injections of glucose have yielded promising results. Regular tattoos consist of ink particles that are taken up by the cells in the skin. In this case, polymer molecules are injected under the skin using a needle. Because the molecules are slightly bigger than ink particles, they don't enter the cells, but they remain in interstitial fluid that surrounds them. Oh, don't you love that word, the interstitial Ooh. fluid? Mm. Dr. Cote said this is important because the level of glucose in the interstitial fluid is directly related to blood glucose, whereas the glucose inside the cells would be nearly non-existent because it's almost immediately converted to energy. A spokesman for the Charity Diabetes UK, oh, this is a British story, BBC, of course, said people with diabetes need to test their blood glucose levels on a regular basis, and for most people this means pricking their finger to draw blood. A pain-free testing system than something of a holy grail. How about that B.B. King spot? I'm leaving a pain behind. Yeah. Have you seen that? I sure huh? do. Leaving a pain. I'm so tired. If I see that spot one more time, I may have to shoot him in the ankle. Well, Boca okay? Brian uh, did a bit making fun of that. Leaving Diabetes. a pain behind me. What is it called? I don't know. Oh, and that thing you said is in the DCS about circumcision, not in mine. Really? <clears throat> what is it called? My foreskin's back. No. Spelled with a four. Oh, it's spelled with a four. Like I said, it's Like in... I wrote. Well, how... Okay. My mistake. Another mistake. Well, listen, we had, we had a little problem there at the beginning today because this is just a dry run, okay? Right. We got 155 votes on the uh, survey in an hour. That's pretty weak right there, see? We're trying to get the audience back after a long, hot summer, after a Labor Day weekend, after the kids are back in school. Are they back? No. No. What will you be doing on September the 11th, we asked in our poll on neilrogers.com today? Living my life as usual, 115. Oh. Let's hear it for those people, including me. That's what I voted. I'm sure that's what George voted. Yes. Because he'll be working on that day or else. Hiding under the bed, 20. Watching TV all day so I can wallow in the uh, memory and the misery of last year, uh, 9. Taking a commercial flight, 7. And traveling by car, train, or bus, 4. 7. Brave soul. You know something? If that's true, we have no way of knowing. But if that's true, I, I respect those people a lot, you know, even if they're morons. Sure. In fact, maybe that's why they're going, because they're morons. Well, good luck to you folks, okay, because you'll need it. See, what I'm worried about is not so much another terrorist attack on planes, because I don't think that's where they're going to do it again. Right. I'm worried that, like, because it's going to be 9-11 and we have so many assholes in this country, somebody is going to, you know, do something crazy on a flight next week. These stupid-ass copycats. Right. You know, like like their shoe on fire or some, some crap. 10:40, 20 before 11, we got Jim Mandich at 1. We got Hank from the Crystal Palace at 3, briefly, because 4:35 we got the Marlins and Mets doubleheader. Anybody excited about that? No. 4.35 to free game. Marlins on direct. 5.10 the first pitch. Eddie K. time permitting after game two. And Joe and Mark, the Dirty Boys, overnight. Did I mention that Joe and his buddies loved Toronto a lot and had a great yes, time? Yes, you did. And about how they loved the Nestle's Turtles ice cream phenomenally well? Yes. All right, you love your home, but you need more space. So what do you do? You're probably wondering. Here's the answer for you. Do what hundreds, what zillions of other people are doing. Do the smart thing. Call Strictly Additions. Whether you're having a baby like George and need another room, if you're converting a carport or patio into living space, if you've gone into business for yourself and want to make a home office, call Strictly Additions. They're your one-stop shop, more space for your place, place, with an absolutely worry-free approach to expanding your living space. Those no-shows by the contractors ain't going to happen. Incomplete work? No way, Jose. No unexpected bills, no worries about the job not being done right, and they take care of every detail for you. They drop your blueprints. They get the building permits and handle all your inspections. Strictly Additions has an easy five-step approach to total customer satisfaction. Number one, they call to schedule a free project evaluation appointment at your home where a project estimator will determine the scope of your addition. Two, schedule a bid appointment in their convenient showroom where you'll get a detailed proposal and exact price for the work, an exact price. Three, select your finishing touches and go to contract. Four, review the design architectural drawings. And five, you sit back and relax as your dream edition moves ahead on schedule and with unbeatable quality. 
See how easy that was? So call Strictly Editions at this number, 954-791-8100. That's 954-791-8100. They're licensed and insured professionals who really care about the work they do. And be sure and tell them that old Neil and P.D. Lenny told you to call. 954-791-8100 for Strictly Editions. You just sent me, which is great. Do we know where this is, the Center Daily uh, News? No, I do not. Oh. Well, that's what this was in, and maybe somebody will let us know. The Center Daily Times is the name of the publication. Anyway, it's editors file an open letter to Ann Coulter. It says, Dear Ann Coulter, you're fired. It's not that extreme viewpoints are unwelcome on the opinion pages of Center Daily Times. All political viewpoints, from Cal Thomas on the right to Molly Ivins on the left, are welcome here. But we don't welcome haters, Ann, and that's what you are. Well, you're either a hater or a hypocrite who calls names and spews enmity because you believe it will get your pretty face on television more or sell copies of your best-selling books. In either case, we won't be publishing your Friday columns anymore. We decided not to publish a piece of yours a few weeks back because it was nothing more than a sexual history of some of your enemies, i.e. private citizens who dare to give money to the Democrats. I wrote a column about why we held the piece and told readers then that if you continued to cross the line, we'd can you. Your Friday column, in which you declare that liberals are no good, then trashed the entire Kennedy clan as a collection of heroin addicts, convicted killers, cheaters, bootleggers, and dissolute drunks crossed that line. I'm not going to defend the Kennedy family or liberals. Either group can argue with you if they like. But, Anne, you're mean, vicious, really, which is why we do not believe that you in any way serve the public good. On a late summer morning almost a year ago, all of us, Republicans, Democrats, and everyone else, witnessed what hate is capable of. Since that day, Americans have tried to remember that they're on the same side, regardless of differences in skin color, nation of origin, religion, or political viewpoint. It hasn't always been easy because more than ever, those who are different can seem more threatening. But we're trying because what we have in America is worth keeping. And, Anne, you're not helping. You do nothing to elevate our spirits, to celebrate the great bond that holds us, uh, this unruly people together, and makes us a nation. Hate is easy. Love is hard. Our great nation gives you the freedom to hate all you want and even make a buck off it if you can. But even better, it gives us the right not to have to listen. So, Anne, you're fired. 
I expect some of our readers are going to be mad at us over this, but we hope they'll understand that while we joyfully publish a wide spectrum of political and social viewpoints, we condemn hate where we find it. You won't miss us much, Ann. Heck, you're rolling in money, and your fans can find your column on the Internet anyway. We'll start looking for somebody to replace you. It won't be easy because you sure are flashy, and lots of folks like flashy, but political conservatism has produced other columnists of merit whose ideas will provide subjects fit for public consumption and debate, writers who don't believe those who disagree with them are traitors or worse. Sincerely, Bob Unger, Executive Director of the Center Daily News. How do you like that? Oh. You go, Bob. Nice going, Bob, baby. That bitch. That's all we can say about Ann Coulter, man, that we can put on the air. Is that fucking bitch. And that's, that's a compliment. Here's an interesting article. Well, you know, I'm not, see, I have all this stuff here. And so many days, the stuff that the audience uh, sends in here, but that's okay. Keep it coming, guys, is uh, as interesting or even more so and kills a lot of good time. Bush by the numbers is told by a diligent scorekeeper. This is by Dana Milbank in today's Washington Post. President Bush's trip to Pittsburgh yesterday was his 13th to Pennsylvania since taking office, his third to the Pittsburgh area, his second Labor Day appearance with the Carpenters Union, and his 72nd domestic trip overall. How do we know this? There's only one source, Mark Noller, the leading collector of modern presidential Ar Ar arcana. How many foreign leaders has Bush met with? Noller's got it, 136. How many states has Bush visited so far? Noller's got it, 43. How long did Bush's round of golf last on July 6th? Noller's got it, two and a half hours. The 50-year-old CBS News Radio correspondent has been covering the White House on and off since the Ford administration and every day for the past 11 years, collects data about presidential activities as if it were baseball trivia. The bearded, often curmudgeonly Noller can be found in the press uh, filing center on most every presidential trip, his stentorian voice booming out 35-second takes for radio, as many as 20 a day, and shaping the day's news for dozens of journalists who can't help but hear him. When he's not recording one of the more than 10,000 radio spots he's done over the past decade, he spends hours a week updating his famous statistical logs. Other reporters, academics, too, rely on them. The Clinton White House even asked Noller for his logs. Turns out the newsman kept better track of President Clinton's travel than the president's aides did. The statistics Nola resembles produce many revealing portraits of the Bush presidency. Bush has spent a total of, a whopping total of 250 days of his presidency at Camp David, 123, Kennebunkport, 12, and his Texas ranch, 115. This means that Bush has spent 42% of his term so far at one of his three leisure destinations. To date, the president's devoted far more time to golf, 15 rounds, than the solo news conferences, six. The numbers also show that Bush, after holding three news conferences in his first four months, has had only three and more in the last 15 months, not counting the 37 Q&A sessions he's had with foreign leaders during his term. Bush has raised $114.8 million this year at 48 GOP events, surpassing Clinton's record of $105 million in 2000 from 203 events. The Bush White House has challenged his tally only once, and Noller counted with voluminous evidence. The judge's decision is final, he says. Noller got a job out at NYU in 1975 with Associated Press Radio, covering the last few months of Ford and also taking stints during the Carter and Reagan administrations. After moving to CBS in 1988, he covered the last year of the first President Bush and just about every day since. Unmarried and without children, he takes almost every presidential trip and rarely stops working. I find when I take a day off, it takes so much time to get up to speed, I'd rather work it and be easier on myself. So, just like us, George. Oh, yeah. As a reporter, Noli rarely breaks news. There's no time to do investigative journalism when you're filing 20 times a day. But he exerts influence in another way. His powerful voice, inescapable to those within 50 yards of him, summarizes every speech or briefing within moments for all of the White House correspondents. Noller's voice, booming out of his quick and witty takes on the day's story, unconsciously settles into all our brains and no doubt finds its way into our copy, said Ron Fournier, the chief AP White House correspondent. He may be the most influential and respected reporter in the press corps. Do you ever hear of him? No. Neither did I. 
In addition to his impressive volume is his briefcase full of presidential stats. Noller walks around with a thick manila folder with printouts of his logs, which he also keeps on disks in a mainframe computer. For eight years, he's kept a log of every day of the president's schedule down to the smallest detail, probably even his BMs as well. I'm sure. August 6th indicates that Bush arrives at the airport near his ranch with Spot, Barney, and India in a pet carrier. Noller even notes that the cat India did not get to join the two dogs on Marine One. During the Bush administration, which practices the none-of-your-business theory of public disclosure, the logs have become even more valuable. They don't want to talk about the strategy themselves, but they reveal it by what they do, said the keeper of the stats. Consider, for example, the seven states Bush has not visited. His absence from Washington, Vermont, Rhode Island, and Hawaii might indicate that Republicans have written off those states. His absence in Idaho and Kansas suggests those safely GOP states don't require his presence. And his absence from Nevada might indicate concern about local anger over his plan to ship nuclear waste there. Bush's pattern of foreign travel is similarly intriguing for a president who frowns on the intercontinental set. Bush has visited 18 countries and the Vatican with nine overseas trips, keeping pace with Clinton, who took eight trips to 26 countries during his first two, uh, two years, although he probably knew where the countries were on the map. Many of the reporters who borrow Norler's numbers, sometime without crediting him, believe the veteran correspondent is performing a crucial public service. I do this for me, not the public, he demurs. I wouldn't be so modest to think of this as of great interest. I have a lot of the time. I have difficulty even convincing my editors. Time for golf, baby. How about a couple of rounds? You know what I say about people who play golf? Yeah, no. No life. Good way to kill some time, though, you know what I'm saying? For people who are really bored, spitless. DEA. Now, haven't I been telling you, especially of all people, yeah. that you're helping terrorism with all those drugs you're doing? Right. Federal authorities have amassed evidence for the first time that an illegal operation in the U.S. was funneling proceeds to Middle East terrorist groups like Hezbollah. Evidence gathered by the DEA since a series of raids in January indicates that a methamphetamine drug operation in the Midwest involving men of Middle Eastern descent has been shipping money back to terrorist groups, officials said. We found one. Oh! All right. I don't do meth. There is increasing intelligence information from the investigation that for the first time alleged drug sales in the U.S. are going in part to support terrorist organizations in the Middle East, DEA Administrator Asshole Hutchinson said on Friday. DEA officials said the men, most of whom were indicted on drug charges after their January arrest, were smuggling large quantities of chemical pseudofedrine from Canada into the Midwest. Oh, not from Canada, eh? Well, there's a guy with some out on the street there. Look at that. He's peddling it. Spare some change, eh? Oh, yeah, Joe and his buddies love that. Officials said the smuggling went through two primary Midwest locations, Chicago and Detroit, and involved several men with ties to Jordan, Yemen. What's the name of that country? Yaman. Lebanon and other Middle East countries. There's no evidence that any of the money was connected to the 9-11 terrorist attack. However, officials be saying. Pseudofedrine is used in some popular cold and allergy medications. It's an essential ingredient in the creation of methamphetamine, a powerful and increasingly popular drug known on the streets as ice, poor man's cocaine, or crystal meth. And if you spill it, oh, what a meth. Users generally inject or smoke meth. The po <laughs> See, I shouldn't have said that. Now, every time I say it, I feel like a little more fruity than usual. <laughs> User, huh? No, you, you don't be, don't be saying meth. That guy will fax again about your fruity uh, yes. speech. Users generally inject or smoke meth. The powdery substance is produced by heating a, a dozen chemicals. The U.S. drug ring was reselling pseudofedrine to Mexican-based drug operations in the western U.S. that use the pseudofedrine to produce methamphetamine, authorities be saying. The Middle Eastern men then were diverting some of the proceeds from the pseudofedrine sales back to the Middle East to accounts authorities have begun to connect to terrorist groups, DEA officials said. Some of the connections involved in the Iranian-backed terror group Hezbollah, and some of the money has been traced to accounts in Lebanon and Yaman, officials said. DEA officials said U.S. authorities don't know yet how much money was funneled from the drug sales to the terrorist groups, but said the pseudofedrine uh, sales alone amounted to millions of dollars. So all your people out there with a joint, you're uh, helping out terrorism, okay, even though it has nothing to do with this? 
Don't confuse them with the facts. I think I'm going to ice my arm again during the show. All right. Because that helped. No, it really did. It helped a lot. We'll wait. But I think it, it can use like another shot right now. Can't hurt. 184 votes on our poll. What will you be doing a week from tomorrow on 9-11? And believe me, the media is going to get you whipped up into a uh, psychotic frenzy, whether you want to be or not. Living my life as usual, 139. 75.5% of this crowd are just going to go on with life. Oh. Let's hear it for them. People with common sense. Hiding under the bed, 21. Bunch of pussies. Taking a commercial flight, 10. Eh, I'm dubious about that. Watching TV all day so I can wallow in the misery of last year, 10. And traveling by car, train, or bus, 4. So in other words, 10 are going to fly because they figure at least if they're going to you know, risk their life, might as well do it high in the sky. Right? Right on. Why the hell not? 1056 at 560 WQM. we got the Mad Dog, the Hysterical Hound, coming along at 1 o'clock. Hank is back from, oh, let's see, was he back yesterday? No, of course not. Oh, brother. First it was Joe Zagaki and then Josh Friedman. So people will be hysterical to hear Hank from Crystal Palace briefly. And then we got the Marlins-Mets doubleheader to make up for yesterday's rainout, starting at 435 with a pregame. Let me tell you again, mattress shopping, there's only one word for it, the way most people do it. Stupid. That's the word. You've heard that before on this station. And believe you me, in this particular case, it is absolutely correct. Because most people, they get in their car, they schlep all around town, they go from a department store to department store to a bedding store, they waste a lot of gas, they get all sweated up, and in the long run, they get ripped off because they have to pay for the high overhead of those bedding and department stores. But when you shop with dial mattress like I do, you don't get ripped off, you get an unbeatable low price, and you don't have to leave the house and get all sweated up. All you do is make one easy call, 1-800-MATTRESS. And they give you so much more than just great service, they give you an unbeatable deal all the way around. First of all, they got the top names in the business. they got Serta, Sealy, Simmons, and King Coil. They give you that phenomenal deal on delivery, which I don't think anybody else in the world gives you a deal like that. You pick the day, any day of the week, seven days, and the two-hour delivery when it's convenient for you, like between 10 a.m. and noon, 1 and 3, 2 and 4, 3 and 5, 4 and 6, 5 and 7. You get it? And they also give you that 30-day in-home comfort guarantee so you can check out that new mattress the smart way by sleeping your ass and the rest of you on it and seeing if it's right for you and your back. So if the old mattress has had it, get yourself a great new mattress very inexpensively and the only smart way by making one easy call. More and more people are hopping on the bandwagon and realizing this is the smart way to do it. Call 1-800-MATTRESS. They'll be at your home knocking on that door in no time at all. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S or check them out on the web if you like at mattress.com. Live and local. Sports Radio 560 QAM. Thank you, baby. He cut it away quite liberally when I was circumcised. Somehow it grew back on me amazingly overnight. My foreskin's back after hanging like a fruit fly. Now I'm hung like a moose and everything's fine. Did you see the thing about McDonald's is cutting the uh, trans fatty acids? Yeah. 
in the fries? I feel better now. Of course, it affects their fries and all their other fried foods. And I got a man with a McDonald's cup in his hand. Good morning there. They're showing the deep fryer. God, that looks good. So McDonald's to reduce fat and fries, which means I don't know if they're going to taste as good. I don't I don't eat them anyway. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Tell I don't know if they'll taste as good. We, you're picking up right where we left off no, last no. week. No, no. I said I we don't know if about they'll. eating at Burger King. You don't let me finish. Go I don't ahead. know if it'll taste better. That was the question. Yeah. If it's low fat. But I guess you'll find out. I sure will. McDonald's to reduce fat and fries, and by saying that they're going to reduce trans fatty uh, fats, trans fats by 48%, they're admitting that they're killing you. So that big sign in Amsterdam over the original McDonald's that some uh, wise-ass punks put up there, it says McDeath many years ago and is still hanging yeah. there, uh, they knew what they were talking about. See, I thought we all knew that. That's why they call it a deep fat fryer. No, no, most people don't know that. Oh, most, get all out. People, all people know, including the Dutch, who should know better, by the way, is that they like the taste of it. <laughs> okay. And Bill, uh, what's his name? What's that punk on CNN? Bill, uh, whatever, Hummer, this oh. morning was talking about, oh, he likes to slather uh, mayonnaise on his fries. And Paula, oh, you know, went through a whole uh, thing like that. Maybe he's Dutch. Maybe, or maybe like Rimmer, maybe he likes to go Dutch treat. Oh, that's right. Rimmer, don't go Dutch treat. No, don't be ripping Rimmer today. He got you that great doctor. See, you're going to inspire me to tell that story about his call yesterday, and that would be bad. I'm not going to say a thing. So uh, the, the trans fats are the bad ones. Those are the ones that cause cancer. And the fact that they're showing, they're showing the, what they're doing, the deep frying, man, that, right. that's enough to make me gag. It takes a lot to make me gag. But believe you me, uh, that would be one of them. My Watching stomach is that. growling from that sight. Oh, my God. Did you see it? Of course I saw it. I, they I they showed the on. deep fryer and it yeah. was bubbling and puking. And, of course, they, they use that same stuff over and Well, I don't know if they do or not. It's called deep fat. How much more obvious can you get? Right. Deep fat, like heavy, lots this, of fat. This goes right into your system, and it's, it's like pouring uh, crap into your system. It's cholesterol. Like taking a, a bottle of melted-down cholesterol and just pouring it down your gullet. Oh, there it is again. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're not only changing the oil for their fries, they're also changing the oil for their hash browns, for their crispy chicken sandwiches, ah. for all of those items. It'll be starting in October, mm, and they'll roll it out over the next few months. Let's take a look at the actual content of the oil, oh, the that. old fries, the ones that are on for artery nine grams fat. of artery clogging. Oh, look at that. Look at this. <laughs> old fries had nine grams of artery clogging fat, but the new ones are only going to have six grams of artery clogging fat. I love the way they put that on CNN. They put it in perspective. Artery clogging fat. Oh, oh, oh. How do you like them apples, huh? I like you it a lot. Something? It isn't going to make a bit of difference. Nope. The people who are addicted to the taste of those goddamn horrible fries. And, you know, i got to be honest with you. Seriously. I've never been a big French person. First of all, I'm not a big potato person to begin with. Love potatoes. I mean, you know, I, I like a nice baked potato with butter and sour cream and mm. chives. Mm. I can take it or leave it, though. It's not something I'm jonesing for. Mm. But French fries, to me, are like, uh, I don't know, they, they don't really have a lot of taste. If which done right, people, they do. Which is... Look, which is why people drown them in mayonnaise or ketchup or whatever they stick on right. it, a lot of salt. Sure. Right? Right. It's like a bad steak. Now, you would, you don't go to uh, Ruth Chris, for example, or Burns Steakhouse and ask for steak uh, sauce unless you're a moron. No. But Although if you I do like, like a, Peter Luger. But if you go to a crappy steakhouse where the meat is, like, tough and, like, tasteless, then you get the steak sauce and you, you slather, you, you, you lay it on there heavy duty, and all you're tasting is the taste of the steak sauce. French fries don't really have any taste. If they're done right, they do. The McDonald's fries do. I don't need ketchup when I eat those. George is promoting death right here on QAM. Now that they're I want going low fat, that George is promoting your death. 
your your fat clog. We're going to have to supersize the fries now that they're going to be low fat. Yeah, Got to keep true. that cholesterol like intake up there. Look what happened to him. This story is very disturbing to me. Student arrested for police photos in Paoli, Pennsylvania. Paola? Paola, Pennsylvania. A college student of Syrian descent was arrested after authorities caught him taking pictures of police cars, an activity the FBI has warned police departments about after 9-11. Mohammed Boudir, a U.S. citizen, was charged with criminal trespassing and disorderly conduct after he was found photographing Williston Township police vehicles last month. Boudir, 20, has said that the photos are a hobby. His attorney, Richard Meenick, said there's a large online community of former officers and civilians who are interested in police vehicles. Meenick said the family was upset because they thought police were inferring that Boudir was involved in terrorist activities because he's of Middle Eastern descent. He's just a college kid who likes to take pictures of cop cars, Meenick said. I mean, don't you think most college kids like taking pictures of cop cars? Uh, most of the ones that I know. Or stealing uh, parking meters. That's what we had. We had a parking meter in our dorm room. <laughs> what are you laughing about? That's a true story. Michigan State. I think we were the only ones in the whole campus had a parking meter in our room. Oh! All right. Thief. Well, if you're, aren't you supposed to do stuff? I told you, you used to put of on a big Roxy coat and steal a, a suntan lotion. Never used it. He's just a college kid who likes to take pictures of cop cars, they said. But some police officers said this activity can be dangerous, especially in a post-9-11 climate. The FBI said terrorists may try to case emergency vehicles to help carry out an attack. Williston Police Chief Hugh Murray said Boudier was first seen in the state. And, of course, we know there's going to be a terrorist attack in Paoli, Pennsylvania. Wouldn't you think that would be a logical place? Why not? He was first seen in the station's parking lot taking photos August 1st. Murray said an officer noticed Boudier, not because he was Middle Eastern, but because of the FBI warning. He was asked to delete the photos from his digital camera and leave, Murray said, but court documents said he'd be turned to take more photos the following day. That does <gasps> sound suspicious, doesn't it? Boy, does he have a lot of chutzpah. Boudier, who is free on bail, waived his preliminary hearing last week and applied for a rehabilitation program for nonviolent offenders. The program would allow him to perform community service and have the arrest wiped from his record. They're going to wipe him, okay? Wreck him. what they're going to do. So how do you, how do you, uh, what do you make of that? Is that because he's I, a I don't Syrian? Know. I don't know. Uh, see, what's the purpose of that? So you take pictures of police cars, and then what? I don't know. What do you do and, with that, especially in a podunk town like you mentioned? And then you bring all your terrorist buddies to Paoli, Pennsylvania, which are, uh, somehow I'm just a little hard-pressed to believe that the terrorists are going like, to carry out attacks in either Canandaigua, New York, or Paoli, Pennsylvania. I could be wrong. And against a police car. Or maybe Ypsilanti, Michigan would be a good place. Yes. I think that would be a great place for them to be uh, planning at. Better keep your eye out on there. Huh? Ever been in Ypsilanti? No. Good. It's a horrible place. It's a terrible place. It's kind of it's kind of like a place that there's no reason for it to exist other than it fills up a certain amount of area between uh, Detroit and Lansing. Or is it between Detroit and Jackson? I don't know when it's been so long, you know. I have to go back to Michigan, back to Detroit. What do you say? No. I don't think so. So did I mention that Joe and his buddies had a great time in Toronto and they loved the city? Yeah, you did. Well, I'm going to mention it again. They went to the CN Tower, which Joe kept referring to as the Space Needle. I tried telling him the Space Needle was in Seattle, but he kept saying, well, he, you know, he's not perfect. He's like all the rest of us. He makes mistakes. Officials defend Air Marshal's acts. Now, you saw that story about the Air Marshal. Who went yes, I did. Federal officials defended the response of an Air Marshal who trained his gun on a passenger-filled jet cabin for 30 minutes after detaining a man prompting protest by a judge who was on the flight. Two armed marshals detained the man on Delta Flight 442, which was flying from Atlanta to Philadelphia with 183 people on board because he allegedly was rummaging through other people's luggage. 
One marshal then held his gun on the coach cabin passengers because some of them ignored orders to remain seated with their seatbelts on. A spokesman for the TSA said Sunday. If people would have stayed in their seats and heeded those warnings, that would not have happened, said TSA spokesman Robert Johnson in Washington. It's our opinion that it was done by the book. After one or more passengers continued moving around the cabin, the air marshals decided they needed to take the next step and focus their weapons on the passengers, part of their training, Johnson said. While one huddled over the detainee, the other stood by the cockpit door with his gun trained on the cabin, several passengers said. He said the TSA, which oversees federal air marshals, was still reviewing the marshals' response on the Saturday flight. The man whom the marshals detained was released, and the U.S. Attorney's Office decided not to press charges, the FBI spokeswoman Jerry Williams be saying. Johnson said that despite the passengers' complaints, he thought the marshals did what they needed to do to make sure the plane could land safely. It's a highly charged situation, Johnson said. It's about keeping the plane secure, and I agree with him. Don't you agree? Absolutely. I wish I had been there for that. Because, uh, you know, in the other flights, it was more than one. They were, you know, strategically located around a first-class cabin and then all popped up and went into action. How the hell is they, they supposed to know? Right. Philadelphia Common Pleas Judge James A. Lineberger, who was sitting diagonally across from the detained man, said he thought the marshals overreacted by holding their semi-automatic weapons on the passengers for so long. Lineberger also said he hadn't noticed any disturbance before the marshals suddenly took the man up to first class and restrained him. Several minutes later, the judge said, the marshals returned to the coach cabin and pulled out their guns. I assumed at that moment there was going to be some sort of gun battle, he said. I'm looking right down the barrel of the gun as though it was pointed at me. Lineberger said he plans to file a complaint with the TSA today. He said about 30 other passengers also plan to complain. David and Susan Johnson of Mobile, Alabama, said they hadn't been aware of any disturbance when the Sky Marshals took the man first to the back of the plane, then to the first-class section. It never made sense, said Susan Johnson, 51, a social worker. This guy was not any physical threat that we could see. Maybe he said some things to them that made them concerned. He just appeared to us unstable emotionally. Oh, oh, just unstable emotionally. Yeah. One passenger, however, said he thought the Air Marshals handled the situation in a calm, professional manner. These guys look pretty well like they had things under control, said Robert Van Diddy Kramer. Huh? What's his name? Robert Venditti Dash Kramer, 28, who was in first class. He said the marshals only pointed their guns straight down the aisle, not at any particular passenger. I think the situation was extremely well handled, said Mr. Venditti Kramer. No relation to Brad Kramer. Delta Airlines spokeswoman Christy Tucker said airline officials would talk with crew members on the flight and would cooperate with federal authorities, but declined to comment further. After the plane landed, police boarded and briefly questioned another man sitting behind Lineberger, but did not detain him, the judge said. And by the way, speaking of airlines, hi to all my good friends, Helen and everybody in Air Canada. Oh! You know that the flight coming up here was a half hour early getting here? No. Half hour early. And there was a lady, an elderly lady, uh, Schwarzer, by the way, sitting in the way in the back of the plane who was complaining of like either chest pains or something. So the captain comes out and announces before we landed, that when we land, stay in your seats because the paramedics are going to come on again, ambulance, standing by, yada, yada, yada. And it's going to take like 10 to 15 minutes, but we'll still be very early. You know, it took like two minutes, and they schlepped her off the plane. And that was it. And we, still, we landed like a half hour early. Excellent. And, and there were like four guys who came on to paramedics. What is it? I know you don't care, but it's something I've always wondered. What is it about paramedics that they're so good looking, you know? I think four it's guys a fraternity. Come on. I mean, seriously, they could have been models. Three of these guys, I'm sitting there like, eh, I'm squeezing myself. Like, what is this all about? It, it's true. I'll, I'll try to notice from now on. No, I, I'm serious. I might have a heart attack. And some of them might have even been straight all the way down. See, that's another thing. What attracts, is it, you know, like fire rescue and everything, sliding up that grease pole? You think that might be it? Uh-huh, maybe. maybe it. I've what, asked that question, but they're like all in the closet. What is it about well, dolphin trainers? Twelve minutes after 11 at 560 WQAM. If you love your home but want more space, here's the answer how to do it. Do what hundreds of other smart people are doing called Strictly Additions. Whether you're having a baby or like twins or triplets like George's next batch and need another room if you're converting a carport or patio. 
patio and living space. If you go into business for yourself and want to make a home office, call Strictly Additions. They're your one-stop shop, more space for your place, place, with an absolutely worth-free approach to expanding your living space. Those no-shows by the contractors won't happen. Incomplete work, no chance. No unexpected bills, no worries about the job not getting done right, and they take care of everything for you. They draw up your blueprints, they get the building permits, handle all the inspections, they do it all. Strictly Additions has got an easy five-step approach to total customer satisfaction to doing it for you. Number one, they call to schedule a free project evaluation appointment right at your home where a project estimator will determine the scope of your addition. Number two, they schedule a bid appointment in their convenience showroom where you'll get a detailed proposal and an exact price for the work. Number three, they select your finishing touches, go to contract. Four, review the design architectural drawings. And number five, you sit back and relax as your dream edition moves ahead on schedule with unbeatable quality. That's all there is. It's a piece of cake. Give Strictly Editions a call at 954-791-8100. That's 954-791-8100. They're licensed. They're insured professionals who care about doing spectacular work for you. Call them and tell them that old Neil told you to call 954-791-8100 for Strictly Editions. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Go f*** yourself. Yes. W wants to top a Hussein, even though no one will back us. Hard to tell which one is more insane when it was the Saudis who attacked us. W has to finish that pipeline. Daddy's losing his patience. Order the troops to go give up their lives. For the world's biggest gas station. The pipeline at all costs. Why try it? The lives that will be lost can't buy it. There's more important things to do. What the hell is wrong with you? W. Outrage, bad, white collar crime. Except for your buddies at Enron. Advice from Condoleezza Rice Because she works for Chevron Power and greed, you and that Dick Cheney Think war for a pipeline is a good start But leaders from all around the world agree You're a functioning retard Yes The pipeline at all costs why try it? The lives that will be lost can't buy it. There's more important things to do. What the hell is wrong with you? Uh-huh. W, W wants to invade today. That's the decision he's reaching. W's just as insane as Hussein. Won't somebody impeach him? All right. 1119 at 560 WQM. I want to make a point today. I'm mentioning since it's the 3rd of September, Labor Day is gone. The summer, uh, all the summer schedule is gone. Today is the official day that we start back uh, to normal, right? Right. Such as it is. Such as it is. In other words, I'm on every day. Mo is on every day, except like after, uh, you know, a tough uh, bar mitzvahs and weddings and the football broadcast. And uh, Mad Dog and Hank is back from vacation today at the Crystal Palace. Well, he's not really back, but he's on. Just like I'm not back, but I'm on. Follow what I'm saying? I got it. I'm on something. Just back. Jeff who? Cohen. Is he there? Yeah. 
Hey, Ponytail, how you doing? Don't talk. Don't put him on the ear. He'll start telling pornographic stories. Okay. So uh, what's the deal now? Were they really supposed to open on the third? You can put him on for a second. Is he in there with you? Yeah, he's uh, running around right now as we speak. Now, see, now you're making me, now you're making me feel bad because I'm not getting any of the food. Uh-oh. Not, not that I need the food, you understand. Everything's got bread. Need... Everything he brought has uh, a lot of bread. You missed, you missed your chance when you were here. No, no, you don't understand. I had my balance for life, which is the next spot on the log, by the way. I eat balance uh, for life every day, too. I'm on it. You could still cheat once in a while. At work. Are, are you on it? Yes, I've been on it for four months. It's and awesome. how are you doing? About 15, 16 pounds off from my midsection, which is where All I right. wanted to visit. Great. My mother's on it. She's lost 35 pounds. Woo! Well, how, see, how come you don't give us this information for crying out loud? I've given the information. You're just, you know, busy. I'm in the, You're I'm in, in the town. Dirt. We don't go out. No, you know? because then it would be an eating experience, just like with Rimmer. You keep eating with the Rimmers, okay? They'll keep you company until I'm ready to have some more meals. I'm doing pretty damn well. The Rimmers, are, the Rimmers are a lot of fun. 186. Cool. Yeah, yeah damn right. Get to see it. Yeah, so anyway, we were hoping to open a week from uh, yesterday, but the inspection... And, and, and my friend Marcy, by the way, you are going to take care of her, please. Absolutely. From Walgreens over there, right in front of where your new joint is. Yep. She told me September the 3rd, and I said, this is great. You know, at least somebody tells me, gives me some information, and then come to find out it's going to be late. Yeah, well, the holidays kind of screwed up some of the inspections that, you know, minor technicality that we have to have. You right. even sound thinner. <laughs> Does anybody believe that? No. No, but it sounded good. Another great line. You can sound thinner. You can see it. Yeah. I feel good too. A lot more energy. There you go. Yeah, it works. It works great. Me and too. The food now, is that awesome. I got, now that I iced my elbow, I'm like the pickiest guy when it comes to eating out, as you know. In so. fact, a guy like you that works out so much and hangs out at the gym and gets laid four or five times a day, you want to know about my bursitis, about my elbow? Uh, I've had that before, man. And it what did you sucks. do for it? I ice? went to it. I went. I got anti-inflammatories and ice. And what? Anti-inflammatories and ice. And ice. Well, I can't yeah. do the anti-inflammatories, most of them, because I'm diabetic. Okay, then you But I, but I can trouble. do the ice. I'm going to be icing it all day. In fact, what I'm going to do when the show's over, I'm going to stick my elbow in the freezer for a couple hours. <laughs> no, seriously, the ice helped tremendously. Everybody's been telling me, oh, put ice on it. And I've been using this uh, the Flexol, all this schmear stuff, you know, which is heat. And it hasn't done a goddamn thing. No, and I did ice for 15 minutes for this everything. morning, and the improvement is sensational. So how do you like talking to a big shot up in Toronto, huh? Pretty cool. I wish I was there, man. I'm stressing with all the stuff for the new store. I'll bet you do. Right. Talk to Joe Costello. He'll tell you how much he loved it up here. Did I mention, uh, George, that Joe and his buddies loved it up here? No, you haven't. Oh, well, let me tell you about that. Not. Okay, <laughs> now I got uh, say goodbye to Ponytail. Nice okay. talking to you, Jeff. We'll see all when right, you got I'll some see you when Wait, what about the new way, date? Char- charge the rimmers double, the okay? New, the new date is about seven to ten days, and you guys will be the first to know. This is where Excellent. we'll make the announcement. Okay, keep tuned to QAM for the opening of the go. brand new pizza loft on the corner of Knob Hill and Sunrise, right by Walgreens. And now, you don't mind if I keep mentioning Walgreens? I don't care, especially Cut. after 27 years of only one location. Do you know what a big thing this is? No, no. You see, the, yeah. the reason I mentioned the Walgreens thing, not just because my friend Marcy works there and all the people in there love me, but, but because of the fact you have one little uh, liability to overcome, and that is you can't be seen from the street. I have you. I don't have to be seen from no, the no, street. No, 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 but I'm just, I'm just saying. So it's, to give people a specific idea where it is, it's in that little sh- strip shopping center right behind the Walgreens. Uh, I mean, how could you do better than that? No, in fact, In fact, when you drive through the uh, uh, prescription pickup drive through window at Walgreens, you're like looking right at your place, Absolutely. right at your joint. Right, that's right. You got it. And there are fewer things that make me lose my appetite than thought of looking at your joint. Anyway, have a good time, Jeff, which I'm sure you will. Okay. Neil. And say goodbye. Okay, now, George, I got the dilemma here because I got two uh, stories. Okay. 
which I'm not sure which one I want to do. Thank you very much. The David Sanger column from the Times today, which I did peruse but didn't read in its entirety. During the break, I read it. It's got to be on here. A silence that Coolidge would envy. So thank you, whoever faxed that in. But I have the Oprah story, which Oprah is, uh, I don't know, even better, I think. Which one should we do first? Oprah. Oprah. Oprah soars to a deadly 275 Well, I had one of those once. Pounds. You had one of what? An Oprah soar. <laughs> oh, if you saw the picture of her puss, oh, man, talk about an uh, oozing wound. Yeah, it was Oprah. an oozing open Oprah sore. Woo! Oprah's bloated face is puffy and full of ripples. This is in the Enquirer. This is another one. See, every week, the uh, tabloids, they put in at least one picture that's worth going out and picking up and buying the magazine or at least looking at it in the newsstand just for seeing that picture. This is on page 34 in this week's Enquirer. Binge eating ignites deadly health crisis for uh, poor old Oprah. All right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Puffy and full of ripples. Man. So I guess we'll do that one first, then we'll do the bush thing. All right. Don't forget we got the Mad Dog coming up 1 o'clock this afternoon, the constipated canine. You know, I'm looking at my log, and I keep crossing off a break ahead of time. You think Stop I'm it. trying to tell myself something? It doesn't you know make the show I, go faster. No, have you ever noticed on the log when I finish doing a break, I was crossing off and right, break. of course. And I've got I, I, I've done this for two hours now. I keep crossing off like one ahead. Stop it. I'm in a hurry. Well, I'm in a hurry to go stick my arm in a freezer. Eleven twenty-five at five sixty WQM. Speaking of balance for life, and what a great how do you like that? Jeff Cohen has lost what did he say fifteen pounds, and his mother thirty-five. Yes. And the Beast, who I had the great pleasure of seeing while I was there for a few days. The Beast has lost 52 disgusting, grotesque, cottage cheese-filled pounds and looks almost human now. I want to underline the almost. He's still got a way to go, but he's down from 284 to 232. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, this week he gets, uh, you know, down uh, 230-ish. It's just amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. No more uh, barbecues because summer is over. No more vacations. Kids are back in school. How much weight have you gained? And coupled with the South Florida humidity, that weight gain must be unbearable. So it's time to treat yourself, lose weight, and get healthy. And we've been telling you about Balance for Life and the great results everybody's getting with it. And now uh, it's your turn. No cooking, no shopping, no cleaning, no calorie counting, no carbohydrate counting, no worries, just results. Balance for Life combines the knowledge of the zone diet with special emphasis on the glycemic values of carbohydrates, which controls your sugar levels, and they deliver in that little black sack right to your doorstep, three gourmet meals, two delicious snacks right in that little thing every day. Atkins even writes about the benefits of the glycemic index as a useful tool for selecting foods and how eating three to four full meals a day is essential for keeping your blood sugar steady. As a matter of fact, you know something? It's funny they should put that in a copy this week because I noticed that after uh, like several days on this, uh, the Balance for Life, yeah. my blood sugar has been spectacular. And level? And level. In fact, I got out a level and I just put it right in my pupic and it was like the little uh, thing was right in the middle. You ever use a level? Yes. Get with the real weight loss program, not some crazy fad diet which is going to let you get all the way back. The only choices you have to make are the two alternatives for each meal every day that you're on the program. And, of course, if you're diabetic especially, it's fantastic for you because, like I said, keeps your blood sugar levels spectacular. Call Balance for Life right now and end all your worries about losing weight. This is a piece of cake without the calories and the carbs. Call 954-568-3229, 954-568-3229. You'll start seeing results almost instantly or check them out on the web if you like at balanceforlife.com. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. Para la mierda, 
Boniara. Nicole. We're going into the personal life story now. Right. You know, because otherwise, what do you have to talk about? Were you surprised <laughs> by this divorce? No, I begged him to. Really? Yeah, to fire me. Because, because... <laughs> Tom requires sort of a commitment. Yeah. And then I was doing... Oh, it's coming. Four people. Really? Yeah. So that's got to be fun. That's got to be living out of fantasy. <laughs> Amazing. It's so entertaining. You like meat. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is going on in your head that that comes out? Get out of here. Get out of here. Unbelievable. <laughs> what did I say to you? Do you remember what I said? Now, was that just my imagination or was that Boca Brian on a Pizza Hut spot? No, it was not your imagination. For the second time in this show and all over town, all over all the radio stations in town. All right. So, in other words, he's making a few extra bucks, Boca Brian. Let's hear it. Oh! He won't be crying and moaning and so depressing next time I see him. No. You're right. He will be. So, anyway, here's the Inquirer, which reports that Oprah soars to a deadly 275 pounds. Binge beating Oprah Winfrey has lost. What did I just say? Binge beating. Beating. Binge beating. Binge beating. Binge eating Oprah Winfrey has lost her 15-year battle of the bulge. She packed on 45 pounds over the past several months, soaring to a deadly 275. <coughs> Stereo. The talk queen. I thought that was me. The talk queen has ditched her diet and scaled her way back on exercise, alarming friends, her doctor, and even boyfriend, Stedman Graham, sources say. But 48-year-old Oprah says she's getting too old to keep up a vigorous diet and exercise regimen, and she's relieving the stress of recent setbacks by gorging on her favorite treats. In February, the 5'7 entertainer tipped the scales at 257 pounds. I'll tell you one thing. She's got the beast beat by a mile. Uh, but then she, she made an all-out effort to lose weight and slimmed down. But as her personal problems mounted, she packed on weight at a staggering rate until she reached her all-time high, just 25 pounds shy of the scale-busting 300-pound mark. Let's hear it for good old Oprah. The Inquirer got exclusive pictures of a bloated and out-of-shape Oprah huffing and puffing while doing a slow jog along a beach in Maui, Hawaii. The star has to look her best on TV and in her magazine has top makeup experts at her disposal, but these shocking inquiring photos show, show what she really looks like, like Elsie the Borden Cow in Heat. Oprah's gotten so heavy, the weight gain has even distorted her facial structure. Her face is swollen nearly beyond recognition. It's puffy and full of ripples in her face, too. The flesh is bumpy with peaks and valleys in an inside source. She's been retaining excess amounts of water, and her face is blown up. Despite her extreme weight, we learned that after Oprah does a brief workout, she often indulges in a feast of fattening foods. Oprah is about to raise the white flag and surrender once and for all to her weight, a pal told the Inquirer. Her weight has gone up and down for years as she tried every diet and exercise method known to man, but lately she's been making only a half-hearted attempt. She knows she's putting her overall health in danger. Her doctors have already said her cholesterol count is too high and that she's risking heart and other problems. The beloved performer's yo-yo dieting can also do great harm. Yo-yo. The constant weight loss and gain can be extremely hard on the body, declared Joy Bauer. I wonder if she's related to uh, the Bauer clan on Guiding Light, you think? No. You don't think she's kin to Papa Bauer? She's kin. Nishtva, a top New York nutritionist and author of the 90-10 weight loss plan who has not treated Oprah. People who lose weight very quickly tend to put it on very quickly when they fall off their diet. And this can be dangerous, Bauer told the Inquirer, maybe kin to Hank Bauer. These individuals put themselves at high risk for heart attack strokes and other problems, she says. But Oprah feels there's little more she can do. She's exhausted herself fighting her marathon war against fat. She says the 15-year battle to keep her weight down has wearied her to the point she can hardly raise the energy to care, revealed the pal. 
And like I said, in every one of these tabloid stories, everybody's got a pal. Right, Pally? Before, she used to run six miles a day and spend hour after hour on the treadmill walking off pounds. Now she makes only a token effort at burning calories. She's also lost the willpower she once had to stay away from the salty, fatty, greasy food she loves, the fried chicken and cheese and chips that are her bane. Fried her chicken, bane. cheese and chips. How about if she were like, you know, watermelon isn't that bad? Wouldn't that be better? It's fattening. Or maybe a banana or two. Oh, there you go again, just like that Serena Williams story or Venus Williams, whichever one it was about how many bananas can they eat that Mo got all bent out of shape about. Calm down, Mo, okay? Nobody gives a crap. She's binge eating, we're talking about. Oprah. She walks the treadmill for half an hour, then sits down with a bucket of fried chicken and some... Can't you see that? <laughs> she sits down with a bucket of fried chicken and some potato chips. She knows better, but she's willing herself into denial rather than putting in the hours it takes to be healthy. Sitting down with a big bucket of Kentucky fry. I can see it now. You can just see the bones on the floor sitting there passed out surrounded by bones. She says she's getting too old to continue the fight, and the more weight she gains, the harder that fight becomes, as so many of us know. I'm almost starting to feel sorry for her. Oprah. Almost. The weight stresses for her joints. Oprah. Says it's hard to face the pain of running or walking when her knees feel like they're going to crumble. Lately, it's kind of sounds a little like Fat Boy, doesn't it? Yep. Crumbling ankles, crumbling hips. And my dead friend, that was uh, what happened right maybe before he died. Maybe better off if he'd shut his lips. Lately, she's made the dangerous mental switch of deciding that maybe she was just meant to be heavy. The change in her thinking is alarming. Some friends are worried that she's going to drop dead from a heart attack. But it's Oprah. For a fight, and she's uh, short. What is it? And short of uh, tying her to a bed. <laughs> short of tying her to a bed and keeping her away from food, there's not a lot anyone can do. It conjures up the image of that guy in Geraldo who was lying in the bed, but in his case, they kept bringing him the food. Can't right. you see that? You can just see her so big and so pathetic and feeble that she can't get out of the bed. Probably a, a tipping 500 pounds, and everybody's bringing her buckets of chicken her and good stuff. I bet you Jeff Cohen will send her pizzas for a free plug sure. on TV. She does try a little bit to watch what she eats and exercise, but where she used to devote all her spare time to her weight troubles, now she devotes 15 minutes here and there. She says the battle has become too hard to fight. She wants it over with. Recently, Oprah spent four nights at the Four Seasons Resort on Maui. The star, who still needs to keep a presentable appearance for a TV show, was winded and struggling as she slowly jogged along the resort's beach, a concerned source told the Inquirer. When it was rainy out, she did the treadmill and resorts gym for about 10 or 15 minutes. It wasn't like the old days when she'd put in hours a day at a hotel gym. She's obviously in a lot of pain and workouts are short. Added the inside source, Oprah's weight has reached an all-time high. She's up to 275. It's not uncommon for her to pack on up to six pounds a week. She's gone back to eating dessert after every meal as well as using desserts as a daily snack. Chocolate cake, cheesecake, and calorie-laden pastries are an everyday items for Oprah. They calm her nerves the way a martini calms an alcoholic. See, I can relate to that. Sure. Her cholesterol is higher than ever. Her doctor is concerned about her tremendous weight gain. He's warned her before to lose some weight before she kills herself. Lose some weight. Remember Ann Bancroft? Lose right. some weight. You son of a bitch. Remember that? That was a great thing. I remember. Most of our friends haven't seen Oprah. I mean, they haven't seen, no, they haven't seen that or Fatso. You ain't Same the only. Yeah. Isn't that a shame that most people haven't seen Fatso? The fat people, it should be mandatory. Yeah, it should be. They should, like with the Malcolm McDowell, they should sit them down in front of the goddamn movie right. screen, prop their eyelids open with toothpicks, and force them to watch it over and over again. I love the scene where he says, I feel sorry for me. There's nobody like Dom DeLuise. Let's hear it for Dom oh. while he's still alive, okay? Burt Reynolds likes him a lot. What do you think that's all about? I, just a, Maybe a warm a friendship. 
Anyway, it's 11.39, 21 till noon at 560 WQM. We're back on our full-time schedule. Oh! Spread the word because Greg Reach ain't getting us any billboards, is he? No. Because he's full of crap. Even the stuff he puts in writing, as the Dolphins found out, full of crap. He may not be good, but at least he's consistent. He's consistently full of crap. Our leader, Greg Reed. Even Mo, you know, not only am I not getting any publicity, even Mo, who I'm sure they promised all kinds of publicity when he came here. Hey, I saw those ads. Yeah, he saw. They had one little three-by-five ad in, like, the business journal or some damn thing, like a, a trade-off. Is he going to get any publicity? No. And, of course, with those numbers, probably don't deserve any. Well, maybe he'd have higher numbers if somebody knew he was on. Somebody that heard of him? What do you think? 20 till noon. See, I know you're not going to respond because you just, uh, you know, off the air, you rip him an ass, and on the air, you're like, well, well, you know, I need the job. Okay, I understand. Because you're still a hostage. You're still, you know, don't get too carried away in spite of the marvelous job you did this summer. Now, did Greg, when he came in, say, nice job this summer, George? No. No. Prick. 20 till noon at 560 WQM. Delights of what I spoke of. Speaking of, you know, it's just endless, isn't it? Talk about losing weight. And the reason it's endless is because most of us are fat. Fat is a... In fact, uh, what's his name there? The new guy in the morning, Zach? Yeah. The new board op? Man, is that kid fat or what, huh? I don't want to pick on him specifically, but is he fat? Yeah, he's fat. But he's a really good guy. I I didn't say most fat people are good guys. Dom DeLuise, uh, a lot of fun. He's funny. But he's going to be dead very soon. Can I do the light spot or are you going to keep interrupting with this one? No, I'm going to keep interrupting. Joe's uh, friends weren't fat. Who was up there with him, Bill? Bill and the David. Nice guys. Not great looking, but nice guys. The Lights of West Boca, your official Atkins Diet Retail Center, reminds you that all Atkins brand's products are 25% off every day. Although David Little Shave couldn't hurt. The Lights carries the complete line of Atkins Diet products as well as over 500 delicious low-carbon sugar-free foods. As reported recently in the New York Times on CNN, Dateline NBC and CBS News, and in Time and Newsweek over the last three weeks, and in U.S. News also this week, or was it last week, the Atkins diet continues to be one of today's most popular and successful diets. Low-carb dieting has finally received the respect it deserves, and Delights of Westbrook has been a leader in low-carb, sugar-free diet field for over a zillion years now. Over 100,000 of their customers will testify. There's no better store. There's no competition. Delights will not be undersold. And this is an entire store devoted to you folks who are desperate to lose the weight. And you can sample anything from their incredible selection. You can try it before you buy it. Kind of like in Amsterdam. you got to like that. Delights friendly and knowledgeable staff will let you walk through the store, point you in the right direction, and cheer you on as those pounds come flying off, unlike our good personal friend, Oprah. Don't forget, there's only one Delights of West Boca, open seven days a week till 10 p.m., and you'll find them on the northeast corner of Glades and 441 in prestigious Boca, where Mo lives. Call 1-877-LOW-CARB or check the web at lowcarb.com. Don't forget, that's Delights of West Boca, your official Atkins Diet Retail Center. Live and local, this is 560. The radio's all yours now. Neil God. Just was giving me some pain. Lost the feeling in me, me, me life. Turning blue and getting cold. I guess I died at 57 years old. Bloody 
Speaking of that, and people look like they're about to have a coronary, guess what starts at noon today? I give up. The sentencing hearing for your favorite, David Westerfield. All right. And you are right. They were showing clips before, and he was like, I had the tears in the eyes and wiped yeah. away. The, oh, yeah. He's starting to get real shaky now. Because they, they're going to kill him. Because the moment of truth is coming. All right. And they're going to fry his ass. Yeah. Too bad we can't bring the cheer out. Just for special occasions like him. And he's weeping and getting shaky. You're right. In the beginning, he was stoic for like about right. 30 seconds. And and I thought the American Idol thing was last week, so I made another mistake. I guess I misunderstood. Tomorrow night, they're announcing the official winner, the okay. final winner. Are you following me? Yeah, well, tonight, I'm not following that. We anticipate to be our highest-rated show, uh, 20, 25 million people watching. Yeah, that's pretty good exposure, I'd say. <laughs> and you should have seen before. They had the uh, bubblehead on CNN, and she's saying, oh, and now let's go out to the West Coast and interview Ryan Seacrest, who's one of the final. And they got the video, but they don't have the uh, audio, and he can't hear her anyway. And he's just sitting there and sitting there. Ryan, can you hear me? And he's sitting there looking straight at And by mm -hmm. the way, I wouldn't touch him with your hand. By the way, not that yeah. you should care anymore, but have you seen the market lately? Oh, yeah, I, you must be psychic. I was going to mention that next. The market's taking a precipitous crap today. I, I was just going to mention that. Dow is down 288. NASDAQ's down about 40 points. Oh, but I, I thought we reached the bottom, and, of course, it was the bottom. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody out there that's in a market, it was your Rectum. bottom. That's well, right. We haven't reached the bottom of the basement. Now we're in the basement. Right. That's right. Oh, speaking of basements, don't do radio shows from your basement. It's muggy in the damp. Okay. Just a little piece of advice from somebody who's not going to be doing any more shows from Amsterdam. Whatever this was, you just faxed me. I hope it wasn't too good, the Denmark thing. Oh, I it's, can't read it's it. the best thing ever. Well, I can't read it, though. Oh, no. To... You read it. All right, it's it, from it Denmark. It's too dark. It came out black. Thank you, Miguel, by the way. A patient hey, thanks, bro... Miguel. We still love you. Go ahead. I hate to keep interrupting. That's all right. A patient broke wind while having surgery and set fire to his genitals. A 30-year-old man was having a mole removed from his bottom with an electric knife when his attack of flatulence ignited a spark. His genitals, his genitals, which were soaked in surgical spirits, caught fire. The man who was suing the hospital said, When I woke up, my penis and scrotum were burned like hell. Besides the pain, I can't have sex with my wife. Surgeons at the hospital in Kura something ups said it was an unfortunate accident. I can't read Dutch. Keller ups. Dutch? It's Danish. Whatever it is. It's in Denmark. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You don't read well. But it is a good story. You're right. Thank you very much, Miguel. Miguel's got his eye on it. Now, what the was I just going to do before you threw me off? Oh, yeah, we got American Idol. Now, was I wrong about that, that they're going to announce tomorrow that you're a winner? I wouldn't know. Come on. You're into that crap. I don't know. Not that crap. Big brother, big sister, big mama. Totally big different food. animals. Now, what is this Vegas story you just faxed me here? Oh, this isn't another one of those priest things, is it? No. On the, on the surface, Stephen Fales had the perfect life. Former missionary and clean-cut member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He was a Mormon husband, father of a young boy. You know something? I, I have to interrupt this. I don't want to make fun of anybody's religion any more than I usually do, which is a lot. But this thing with the magic underwear, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I understand that hey. when you're born into something and you're brainwashed. And, oh, Take all well, the, the time. 
Why, why are people doing these things? The they're, magic underwear. They're temple garments. Anyway, he was gay, he's a homosexual, yada, yada, yada. Uh, well, this isn't worth the talking about on here, is it? No. This is some kind of a fag story. We don't want no more fag stories. The host is a fag, that's good enough, and a lot of people think George is too. Yeah, but it's least, a Mormon fag story. At least the ones are fags. I, I don't care about that. There's, there's plenty of Mormons who are fags, okay? Just no. ask Steve Young, he'll tell you. 283 votes on our survey today on neilrogers.com. And like I said, go out there with sandwich boards up and down the Lincoln Road Mall, up and down uh, all over the place. Sunrise Boulevard, over in Fort Lauderdale uh, by what you call it? What do you call it over there in Fort Lauderdale? What do you Las call Olas? Okay. I haven't been there in so many years I can't even think of it. Las Olas. Sure. You know how many years it's been uh, since I've been over there? Ten. A coon's age. Well, what, what are you going to go over there except for some of those fancy-schmancy restaurants? There are some pretty good restaurants over there. Yes, indeed. Or at least there used to be. Haven't been to Las Olas. It's just not in my neck of the woods anymore. Anyway, go around and tell everybody that, uh, you know, the show is back and the station is starting to, like, put its act back together and we're working on a new morning show for I mean, you know, whatever. How's Duff doing? Anybody see him lately? No. Wouldn't it be nice if we could, like, ever get one toe on the ground? See, at, at IOD, I used to say, like, one foot on the ground. At QAM, it would be nice if we get, like, one toenail on the ground and get, you know, into some semblance of, uh, you know, everyday uh, things happen, you know, like uh, like a schedule, like somebody has any idea what's going on. 285 votes. What will you be doing a week from tomorrow, September the 11th? Living my life as usual, 189. That's two-thirds. Taking a commercial flight. Oh, and I, see what I mean? There's the crank vote of the day. Taking a commercial flight, 52. See what right. happened? Yeah. Bogus. Hiding under the bed, 26. Watching TV all day so I can wallow in the misery of last year, 11. And traveling by car, train, or bus, 7. You know, you assholes that keep dicking with this stuff every day. I, I'm so glad that we're doing a public service by keeping you idiots off the streets. God. Can you imagine you talk about having no reason to live? That, that That's a hobby? That's something that fills up your day, is getting on here and dicking up the result of our poll? I thought about it for about 30 seconds. Like they tried very hard with that Michael Jackson thing, but it didn't work. You should have been happy about that. I was Paul ecstatic. McCartney. Paul McCartney came out on right on, Elvis. As, as he Elvis was right there where he belonged. And Michael, uh, once that show was over, Michael kept dropping uh, down the ladder further and farther and farther and further. Once all the crank votes didn't count anymore. A silence that Coolidge would envy, writes David Sanger in today's New York Times. President Bush's well-practiced strategic reticence, his normal affability in Texas backslapping, can be flipped off instantly when he's not in the mood to answer questions or when he senses that unscripted comments could make a politically uncomfortable moment even worse. But as the summer is drawn to a close, Mr. Bush's nurtured silences that even Calvin Coolidge would envy. Ensconced on his ranch last week, he kept reporters at bay and let Vice President Cheney do all the talking about the administration's thinking on Iraq. When he emerged for obligatory events like campaign appearances last week in Oklahoma and Arkansas, or today's talk here at Labor Day picnic with the Carpenters Union, a favorite because last year it split with the AFL-CIO, a Democratic ally, Mr. Bush has stuck closely to last spring's well-worn scripts about chasing down al-Qaeda and getting Congress to pass his energy and domestic security bills. So what are his thoughts about the National Security Advisors from his father's administration who have taken to the airwaves and op-ed pages suggesting that he may be making a huge mistake by careening toward a confrontation with, with Iraq without the support of allies or Arab nations? Mr. Bush has avoided the question and the inevitable follow-ups about whether his Republican critics are speaking for his father or Secretary of State Colin Powell. The critics deny it. How about the estimates last week that federal deficits are likely to deepen throughout the Bush presidency? The president who a few months ago confidently predicted that deficits would be shallow and brief hasn't talked about it. 
The sharp rebukes delivered by federal courts over how the administration has dealt with deportation hearings and Americans caught up in the terrorism roundups, the president, a spokesman in Texas, has not voiced an opinion. White House aides say there's nothing unusual going on. Like most other vacationing Americans, Mr. Bush was trying desperately to eke out a few last moments of relaxation, a difficult enough task for a man who starts each morning with the CIA and FBI threat assessments. But as the confidant of the president said the other day, this hasn't been the most pleasant summer on the ranch. Mr. Bush, his friend said, doesn't sound like a man eager to get back to what promises to be a tough fall, what was wrangling with the Senate, a frenetic campaign schedule for midterm elections, and continuing arguments with the Allies on issues like the environment and Iraq. Presidential moods are difficult to measure from a distance, of course, and reporters always whine that they hear too little from presidential lips. Officially, the White House says Mr. Bush looks forward to getting back to business. But there is no question that this has been a summer of mounting discontent. Like the economy, the battle against terrorism Mr. Bush talked about today seems to be moving sideways. While he appeared relaxed as he shook hands today at the invitation-only picnic outside Pittsburgh, the easy laugh Mr. Bush displayed a year ago this week at an off-the-record barbecue with reporters hasn't been heard by the press corps for some time. Mr. Bush declined to hold a similar event this year, perhaps wisely, choosing to entertain volunteers and locals instead. Nor did he show up at the coffee station, his town's meeting place, which features prominently in his speeches as a place where he stays in touch with real America. He stayed far from reporters in his last public appearances. Perhaps Mr. Bush doesn't want to let on about his thoughts until September the 11th when he is the, when he is will, oh boy, mistaken in the New York Times, when he'll lead the day of national reflection and commemoration. Perhaps he's thinking about all the wrangling ahead with the Democratic Senate that's blocking major elements of his agenda. But some of his aides can see that something else is at work. All the questioning of his Iraq policy by his father's national security advisor, Brent Scowcroft, and former Secretary of State James A. Baker III, the man who saved the Florida recon for Mr. Bush, has stung. First, this is a president who doesn't like policy issues and fissures in his own team being aired in public, a senior official said over the weekend. The most withering assessment came just as Mr. Bush was corralling the presidential dogs, Spot and Barney, to make the trip back to Washington. Barney seemed particularly reluctant to leave his Texas freedoms and had to be carried aboard Air Force One. Maybe the president, too. As they flew back, Lawrence Eagleburg, a lifelong Republican, and for a time the elder Mr. Bush's Secretary of State, was on the NBC program Meet the Press, suggesting that the Bush team's problems might be explained by inexperience and asking why Mr. Cheney hadn't backed up his accusations that Iraq was on the verge of obtaining nuclear weapons. If we are so clear in our own minds this is a real danger, why can't we convince our NATO allies of that fact, Mr. Eagleburger asked. He added, there is a real disconnect here, and I don't understand it. One of the mysteries of the last week of August is why Mr. Cheney was doing all the talking on the tough issues while Mr. Bush avoided any mention of Iraq. Instead, the president stuck to a standard menu of education reform, the need for energy and domestic security legislation, and a vow to go after any executives who are cooking the books. One theory was that Mr. Cheney was testing the international waters. Mr. Bush has learned the advantages of keeping his options open till the last moment, and it's easier to call back a vice president's lines than it is to call back a president's. Another theory denied by the White House was that Mr. Cheney was subtly pushing his boss, the vice president's position that going through the United Nations for further inspections of suspected weapon sites is a dangerous waste of time, seemed to contrast with General Powell's public insistence that the U.S. needs to do so to build an international consensus. Harry Fleischer, the White House press secretary, who said reporters are making much ado about no difference, added that Iraq changes positions on whether they'll let the inspectors back in more often than Saddam Hussein changes bunkers. And with Mr. Bush break out of his own bunker and perhaps have a news conference upon his return to Washington? Point noted, Mr. Fleischer said, nothing is planned. We'll let you know. Good column. David Sanger in the New York Times today. We thank you profusely. It's uh, 11.58 at 560 WQM. Tom Lehman. Loves this program. He loves me. Loves you folks out there who listen. That's why he created the Neil Deal at Hallett Pontiac GMC. Save big dollars on all Pontiacs and GMCs in stock right now. Just mention you heard this spot on the Neil Rogers Show. 
Stop by Hallett Pontiac GMC at 1341 South Dixie Highway. That's US 1 right across from the falls where they're still going strong after 35 years, where every vehicle is marked with the lowest price. Mention the Neil Rogers deal, and you'll save even more. Just say, Neil, God. And they'll laugh their ass off. Check out the complete line of GMC SUVs, including the Envoy, voted by Motor Trend as SUV of the Year, and also check out that new SU, uh, Vibe SUV. Isn't that what I just said? Vibe with the power of a sports car at a fraction of the price. Hallett's also got an unbeatable selection of dependable pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if somebody else turned you down for credit, have no fear. Even if Tom has to make your payments himself, you'll get a deal at Hallett Pontiac. So get you the Neil Rogers deal right now at Hallett Pontiac GMC, 13401 South Dixie Highway, U.S. 1 across from the falls, open every day of your life, seven days a week. For more info, call 305-238-4040, 305-238-4040 for Hallett Pontiac GMC, where they say we be professional grade. <laughs> You know something? I could play that like the whole show, and I still wouldn't get tired of it. It's great. And you said you didn't like Neil Diamond. That's right. I don't. Anyway, it's 1203. Did I just say that at 560 WQM? We got 306 votes on the poll, some of which are for real. Don't, don't get all panicky because yesterday being Labor Day, you only had like a total of 321 or something. I'm beside at least myself. Yours, at least yours were all legit yesterday. <laughs> yeah, sure. Cause no, seriously, because the cranks didn't have time because they were probably out, uh, you know. Cranking it. Cranking something. Cranking out a batch. But anyway, well, yeah. They're probably doing that right now. What will you be doing on September the 11th, a week from tomorrow? Living my life as usual, 207, 67.4%. Over two-thirds. Taking a commercial flight, 53, which most of those are crank. Uh, Hiding under the bed, 26. Watching TV all day so I can wallow in the misery of last year, 12. And traveling by car, train, or bus. I just found out that's what I'm going to be doing on September 11th, to Treasure Island. Oh. Traveling by car, train, or bus? Well, by car to Treasure Island. Anyway, how many people voted for that? Nine. 
What, what is that? I don't understand. What does that mean? What I, I just found out. High Boy just popped in here, just wheeled in here, and told me that uh, we're having a 9-11 appearance at Treasure Island. Oh. Yeah. He wheeled in. Now, how's he doing, as a matter of fact? How's he doing what? <laughs> and what's his story? Now, we got Vlad is working this week for us. Right. Well, Chuck has actually been running the board all day today. Now, this is, is training Chuck? week. Ugly Chuck. The ugly Chuck. And by the way, I should point out that you're the one that gave him his name before I even ever laid eyes on him. Right. And to me, I wouldn't say he's ugly. I would just say he's a guy. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, we got plenty of people in the building, including me, who are ugly, but I don't know. He's I've, just I've a guy. Seen, like, I've seen chimpanzees that look better than Chuck. You've seen pansies that look better than Chuck? Chimpanzees. Oh. See, I don't know. What, what is the thing? What, what is the, you got a thing with him? Yeah, I got, a, I got a thing with him. He's just an ugly guy, uglier than usual. He isn't an ugly. He's just a guy. Believe me, I've seen ugly. I know ugly, mister. In fact, I shaved this morning, so I know ugly. Now, this story here, this is an ugly story, and I want to say I saved it for this hour. You know the article by um, uh, Cheryl Seal? No, I don't know that smoking, article. Smoking gun, the evidence that may hang Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. That you faxed me. It's right, too long it. for today. Okay. But I think everybody should put up billboards because I will uh, read it tomorrow. Uh, and it's, it's just phenomenal. It's, it's just mind-blowing. And it also makes mention of that $23 million. See, I didn't just make that up about the $23 million that the Bush administration, in fact, even Colin uh, Powell, personally handed over to the Taliban a year ago this May. In other words, the May right before the September that they came over here and killed all those people. It's, uh, it's true. It's the Emmis. So let me stick that in a very important spot, and uh, we'll use that tomorrow. But this one right here, this just frosts my ass because, like I said before, everybody that I heard on QAM, and, of course, I haven't heard that much because I hear little bits and pieces when I'm, uh, you know, because it's hard to keep in touch, like Jika says. But uh, it was all crap. Oh, well, Tiger Woods has more important things to do than worry about women and all these complaining, whining dykes and blah, blah, blah. You know, because they won't let women into the Masters. They won't let them play at Augusta National uh, Golf Course Club. And let me say it again. It wasn't that many years ago that they wouldn't let blacks into Augusta National. And if they were still doing that and Tiger couldn't have played there, oh, gee, what's the point of having a Masters if we can't have Tiger play? They, they'd have been having a nervous crap right in their pants. Am I right about that? Yes. Right. Absolutely correct, sir, if I say so myself. But because you got a bunch of sexist pigs on our radio station, which I don't want to include the Mad Dog in there. Yes, yes I do, and Mo. Ah, the hell with these whining women, blah, 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 blah. The Masters announced that it will become the only commercial-free sports telecast next year, so advertisers won't be pressured by women's groups that have challenged Augusta National's all-male membership. Club chairman Hootie Johnson. Huh? Don't you love that name? <laughs> Yeah, we'll see you at Hootie's. Club chairman Hootie Johnson notified the tournament's three sponsors on Friday that the Masters will not request their participation in 2003. IBM, Citigroup, and Coca-Cola were the only companies that have been allowed to run ads during the broadcast, which usually has the highest TV ratings in golf. The company's logo has also appeared in the Masters website. This year's telecast will be conducted by the Masters tournament, Johnson said in a statement. We appreciate everything our media sponsors have done for us, but under the circumstances, we think it's important to take this step. The move also shields the club itself from pressure it may receive from the sponsors to admit women as members, the New York Times points out in its Saturday editions. The friction began in June when Martha Burke, head of the National Council of Women organization, sent Johnson a letter urging him to add women to the club's membership. The group recently asked the three sponsors to reconsider their support for the Masters because the club has no women among its 300 members, the Washington Post reports in its Saturday editions. Johnson said he canceled the advertiser's one-year sponsorship contract because the NCWO had launched a corporate campaign against the club. 
Now that the Masters has eliminated its TV sponsors, Burke said Saturday she will urge CBS Sports to drop coverage of the tournament until the host club admits a female member. Burke said she will not relent until the Masters fades as a major championship or until Augusta National admits a woman. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Bitch. We expect to have a conversation with CBS, Burke told the Associated Press. It'll be about whether they want to broadcast an event held in a venue that discriminates against half the population. CBS Sports has had a series of one-year deals since 1956 to televise the Masters. Network spokeswoman Leslie Ann Wade declined comment, except to say that CBS will broadcast the Masters next year. A spokesman for USA Network, which televises part of the tournament, told the Times the cable network would continue carrying this world-class tournament. Johnson has said the club has no exclusionary policies, although it's never had a female member in its 69-year history and only welcomed its first black member in 1990. Wow. Progressive. Yeah. In response to Burke's letter, Johnson defiantly said that Augusta National will not be bullied, threatened, or intimidated to add female members. A representative of one of the three advertisers who requested anonymity told the Post Johnson was overdoing it and that the three were working with the NCWO to resolve the conflict. Coca-Cola spokesman Ben Deutsch confirmed the company received a letter from Burke, although he said it was not threatening. We had discussions with Augusta National officials, and they recently informed us their decision to conduct a tournament without sponsors, Deutsch said. We enjoyed our one-year sponsorship of the Masters, and we wish them well. IBM spokeswoman Deb Gothheimer would only confirm that the company received a letter from NCWO. We respect the club's decision to hold the Masters without sponsors next year, she said. Citigroup declined comment. They had nothing to say. We are sorry but not surprised to see these corporations drawn into this matter, Johnson said. Augusta National is NCWO's true target. It is therefore unfair to put the Masters media sponsors in the position of having to deal with this pressure. The Masters already was the least commercialized tournament in golf, void of corporate tents and exhibitions at Augusta National. Its deal with CBS Sports allowed only four minutes of commercials each hour. Kind of like on power. The Masters, this year's first major tournament, is played every April at Augusta National in Georgia. The event is a commercial anomaly in televised sports, in limiting commercials to four minutes an hour to increase the number of viewers. No other sport is carried commercial-free. The closest approximation is soccer, in which commercials are shown only before the game and at halftime. During the game, scoreboards carry the name of advertisers, and end of story. How do you like them apples, huh? I think it stinks. Bitches! And let me say it again. 1990, they finally allowed a Schwarzer in there only 12 years ago, and if they still were continuing that discriminatory policy, now that we got a, a big hotshot, the number one golfer in the world, Tiger freaking Woods, that tycoon, now that we got him in there, those very same people on this radio station that were carrying out, ah, the women are a pain in the ass, screw them. Yeah, they'd be having a, they'd be, like I said, they'd be having to wear the pens all day. They'd be uh, all, all over themselves, just like George's little kid. In fact, probably even worse. Is that possible? Oh, no, she's moderate. Oh. By the way, I hear reports that <laughs> Tiny's having a field day now that I'm gone. <laughs> having a good, well, he's making up for lost time, I guess. Well, he's only coming up on 14 years old. He's a slow learner, oh, okay. okay? He's the oldest baby in the world, at least the canine variety. We know who the oldest human one is. So there's the uh, deal on the Masters, and I'll say it again. It's just uh, grotesque, and, of course, you know, it's the good old boy uh, uh, deal. That's what it always has been, always will be. And the fact that they were forced to let a Schwarzer in there, believe me, if they had their way and there was no Tiger Woods, they'd still have no blacks in there. Believe you me, and no Jews, and no fags, and no women, and nobody except a bunch of uh, blue-nosed yahoos like them. And I'll say it one last time in case anybody doesn't understand it yet, golf is for assholes. Absolutely correct, sir. I know there are a lot of you out there that play golf, that watch it on to, I mean, watch another people play golf. <laughs> that, seriously, that is reason to go see a shrink immediately, if not sooner. Watching other people play golf. 
There's a dog leg to the left. Twelve minutes afternoon at five sixty WQAM VIP Sportsbook Talk, and I'm still waiting for that new copy from Gary Sarner, who looks just like that guy in Amsterdam. VIPSportsbook.com. Name sound familiar? Yes. And it should because VIPSportsbook.com is the only sportsbook to be endorsed by all the industry watchdog groups since 1996. The Casino Times News recent issue says you can look, but you just won't find it. A better overall sportsbook than VIPSportsbook.com. Maybe you're looking for more than just a world-class book that offers you 24-hour VIP service and the safety of a leader. How about this? How about the highest parlay odds in the universe up to 2,000 to 1? Minimum bets of only 5 bucks and free withdrawals 24 hours a day and a 15% cash bonus added to your first deposit. And this isn't some jungle book located like in Costa Rica somewhere or in the Honduras. This is Dutch-based VIPSportsbook.com. How's Phil, by the way? Is he in Costa Rica? Don't know. And, of course, uh, you're treated with class and your money is safe when you do business with VIPSportsbook.com. How's my good friend Steve the Bugman? Fine. Sign up online and get a 15% cash bonus added to your account or call them at 866-VIP-BETS. It's easy to get started. Just go online, go to VIPSportsbook.com, and don't forget, when you sign up online, you do get yourself that 15% cash bonus. So plunge your brains out to your heart's content. Be a winner at VIPSportsbook.com, where you are the VIP. Yes, I am. Forget about it. That's what I say. How's that for a funny show idea? If I may borrow a phrase from the great Marty Allen, hello there, everybody in paradise land. I'm Howard David. I hope you'll join me each and every Friday for my Forget About It show. That's when I open the phone lines to all three of my regular low-income callers and let them vent on what's bothering them. I was up all night dreaming this one up. At first, I thought of going with hand puppets like uh, Sandy Becker or uh, maybe a poll to uh, vote for Quisper Quake. But management and I agree, this will be a real showstopper. Now, I run a family-type show here, so I don't want no references to sticks, jigaboos, or faggot chins guzzlers. Other than that, I promise you a hilarious cacophony, a hijinks, and open conversation. Forget about it Friday. That goes for listening to 560 WQAM. Yeah, based on the last trend, I think you're right. 1218 at 560 WQAM. I'm watching CNN. They just had the weather bitch on there, and she's got her map, and she's got... Severe storm warning, and she's got like a, a big chunk of the like uh, Midwest, okay, including upstate New York and Ontario, Canada, and including where I'm sitting right now. Okay, so I, I flip over. We've got two 24-hour like um, what would you call them? Like the little channels where there's the weather and all, like news information channels. Okay, not one but two of them. So I turn over to City Pulse, and I see like a sun, and it says like a high of 27, which is like about 80 degrees. And then I turn over to the other one, it shows no, nothing but sunshine for the next three days. Huh. Does it show any rain on there? No. No, they were predicting. So let me say it again. If you want to know what the weather is anywhere, look out the window. Don't look to CNN because it's certainly not news. That's oh, hey, CNN look at that. For. Look at what? I just looked out the window. And? What did you do? I can't I, tell. I'm kidding. I understand that they just made a window in the wall there. Maybe that was Fat Boy with the chair going through it. Poor Fat Boy. Look at that. The Dow is down almost 300 points. I know. Oh, I'm watching it. Woo! I'm going to watch it turn. Holy crap, man. It's going to be 300 any second now. And the uh, NASDAQ. The sky is falling. If the thing ever comes up here. Well, I can go to CNBC and see what they're hawking now. Now, who's here with our MSNBC news update this hour, Alex? Bill, before I get to the news, I have to echo Joe's sentiments. Welcome back. We Thank missed you. you. Thank you. So, well. Yeah, I'm looking at it. See, when I put on CNBC, that usually means I'm looking oh, at it. Oh, is that? Okay. <laughs> I want to do it. And believe me, it's off immediately. See, I, I, uh, I don't care. I don't wish anybody any ill because we've all lost more than enough. At least most of us have. How's Mitch Hirsch doing, by the way? 
piece of crap. China, speaking of crap, reportedly blocks Google access. Did you hear this? No. No Google. And also no Kugel. China appears to have blocked... Le- have you ever had potato kugel? Uh, yes. Noodle kugel. Not potato kugel. No. Oh, that's Luxian kugel. Sorry. You never had potato kugel? No, I don't think so. Ooh. Now, speaking of potatoes, now mm. we're talking. Where, Where can, can I get, I get some? some of that? Where can I get that? Too bad the pickle barrel don't have that stuff. Boy, that is good. Anyway, China appears to have blocked leading search engine Google... Sparking speculation of a crackdown on Internet content viewed as subversive ahead of a Communist Party Congress in November. Google is too subversive for China. I I knew that. The U.S.-based website, which has become popular among Internet surfers in China because of its simplicity and ability to run through Chinese-language web searches, was inaccessible via Chinese servers as early as Saturday, users be saying. It's being blocked out of Beijing, said one industry insider who follows China's regulation of the Internet closely and used his computer to confirm and pinpoint the block. The government openly attempts to control web content in China, or the Internet threatens Communist Party control over the media. It blocks several foreign news sites and frequently forces domestic sites to expunge content deemed unwholesome. Isn't that our good, close, personal friends, the Chinese? That's them. I'm talking about the Chinese government, not the uh, Chinese people themselves. Right. And believe you me, you don't want to pick on the Chinese people when you're in Toronto like I am. Man. Dog eating backwards barbarians. And most what? They eat dogs. And tigers. Okay, we're going to take a poll one of these days soon. Which people does George hate the most? Jews, uh, chinks, or uh, uh, Ricans? An article posted on web portal netease.com said Google was being blocked because searches could bring up links to pornography. Uh Uh-oh. Content associated with the banned spiritual movement Falun Gong and information deemed harmful to national security. Remember that Falun Gong show with uh, Chuck Barrett? China's media censors tend to be especially edgy during politically sensitive times, Anil has said, and a Google block may be an attempt to sweep up ahead of party Congress, which is expected to see sweeping leadership changes. It was the first time the government had blocked access to an Internet search engine, Anil has said. How do you like that? Huh? No Google in China. No Google and no Google. Freaking crazy-ass chink bastards. See you guys in Tiananmen Square, man. That's what George said. I can just see you getting crushed under that tank. Hey, I was all hopeful, like everybody else was. Hopeful for what? That they would win their independence. They were putting out a oh, brave right. demonstration there. Right. The, yeah. 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 Pet resort pampers pooches. Can we lighten things up just a little bit? i got a couple of great uh, animal stories. Okay. They're not great. They're okay. Some pet owners will go to any length to spoil a pooch, as Carol Shrimpshire can attest. <clears throat> Shrimpshire runs the Rob Carey Pet Resort in San Antonio, Texas, which opened in 1976 and recently owned a $750,000 expansion that doubled the number of indoor-outdoor suites, some with heated floors, TVs, and miniature four-poster beds. People are getting pickier. Dogs are part of the family now, and people are able to indulge in things they couldn't do as a kid, Scrimshaw uh, said last week. At Shrimshaw, whatever her name is, Resort. Scrimshaw. At the Shrim, uh, Shrimshaw, what is the name of that movie? <laughs> Shawshank. Uh, Shawshank, yeah, it sounds like it. Lodging in the suites ranges from 19 to $41. Oh, you know what was on last night before I finished this story? I give up. That Monica thing. Have you ever seen that? No. no. A Night with Blood Monica. Side. Where she sits and she talks with the audience. The what answer, a bitch. What yeah. a disgusting, self-aggrandizing bitch. And, well, I felt very bad. And it was kind of like I did nothing but give blowjobs. Oh, man. I guess she forgot to talk about how she went there with her presidential knee pads. You have to see that. It'll make you puke. I, I, I don't want to see it. I saw the previews in it. Oh. It made me puke. And then, the, the, then these assholes in the audience, hey, you know, there are a few of them applaud. Mm. Not, not all that many, but those, those people need to be, they need to be at scrimshers. Lodging in the suites ranges from 19 to 41 bucks a night. There's also daycare for up to 39 bucks a day. Massages for the pets, not their owners, are 25 bucks for 30 minutes. 
Some kennels have piped-in music and phone jacks so guests can hear their masters. Separate areas are available for special need pets, cats, and birds. Pet psychiatrists are on duty to handle behavior problems. Obviously a place for people who have just way too much money. Now, don't you think that would be appropriate for Tiny? Special needs? I know what's appropriate for Tiny. Owners say cat has record toes. Oakland, Maine. Mooch the cat has got nine lives and 28 toes. Okay. Oh, seven, seven a foot. That's not that bad. Bob and Becky Duval say the large... You know what uh, would solve Mooch's problem? What? Bob and Becky Duval say the large yellow feline has more toes than any other cat in the world. The Duvals have submitted evidence they hope will earn Mooch a place in the Guinness Book of Records, right along with Moe as the world's oldest baby. This is your 15-minute suck-it-up, Bob Duval said to Mooch as the feline struggled out of Becky Duval's lap. At the couple's home, a nervous Mooch padded defensively across the kitchen floor, avoiding visitors and the clicking camera. Those who manage to catch a glimpse of the cat before he dashes off are stunned when they see his toes. Kind of like, uh, what's his name, from Wanny? What the hell was that kid's name? Which one? The one with the strange feet that you always talked about? There was a kid with strange feet? You don't remember in the Whammy crew, that's all you ever talked about with his uh, screwed up feet. His grotesque feet. Boy, you're losing Oh, that's it, right. He would wear, yeah. like, sandals and Birkenstocks. Yeah. And it wasn't Fat Joe. It was somebody else. 28 I toes. And they were gnarly. Usually, usually, maybe he was a gnarly. Usually their first remark is, oh, my God, look at that cat's feet. Oh, my God. What's wrong with him, Becky Duval said. Duval said he was listening to the radio last week and heard about the world record for most toes on a cat currently held by Paddles, a black cat in Ennismore, Ontario, Canada, who's got 27. Mooch has 28 claws, Becky Duval said Friday. He has 28 pads, but two of the pads are partially fused. Mooch's big feet have an advantage in Maine. Bob Duval said they make great snowshoes. <laughs> Mildly amusing. How do you like that? A, a pussy with 28 toes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said, a couple of... Well, just, just to lighten it up a little bit, okay? okay. We're like a little bit too heavy duty here today, which we don't want to do. Used to be real funny, Neil. Remember, used to be really funny? Uh -huh. Now you're depressing with all these stories that we don't want to hear about, about the world is coming to an end and the market's crashing, etc. Did you make 300 yet? Oh, I turned it off. 288, making a comeback. See, oh, now that we had to open up a big mouth. You had, What did you say? You said you're going to watch it turn. Well, it's making a big comeback, mister, and it's not even 1230 yet. Wouldn't surprise me the way these bastards are manipulating this whole thing. By 405, when they got finished the whole thing up for the day, wouldn't surprise me to see it in the plus column. The way they're desperately trying to manipulate all these billionaires. You understand what I'm talking about? I do. Because it's getting real close to something that's coming. And you know what that is? The, the November election. election, right on my birthday on November 5. And I told you what I got in the mail the other day. Your voter registration card. Another copy of my voter registration card. And I've changed my mind. Oh! Because I'll be there on Election Day, and I'm voting. I'm voting for anybody who's running against Jeb Bush, except Bob Kunst. Can you believe that asshole's on a ballot again? Oh, that'd be a, a good poll question to take. Who's the more chronic candidate, Bob Kunst or Alice Rubin? Let me think the guy about that. used to run for president all the time? Lyndon LaRouche. No, the guy before you were born, guy from, he used to be the governor of Minnesota. He used to always be on about Earl, uh, what the hell was his name? Earl the Pearl. Remember Earl the Pearl? No. You don't know Earl the Pearl? I know Earl the Pearl that works for Kiss. That's what I'm talking about. He used to run for president? How about Earl the Pearl Monroe? He used to play basketball in the NBA. Talk to Mo about that tomorrow morning. He's a uh, NBA, he's a Schwarzer NBA specialist. 1227 at 560 WQM. Boy, you're starting to get in the swing of it now. You know, I almost feel like we're doing a show and we're on the air and stuff. We had that initial. We're like working our way back into it. And maybe maybe Todd Dreck will work his way back into it, too, and give me some new copies. No. But I sure doubt it. 
You've heard us talk on this station about fast train and about computer professionals till it's almost coming out of your ears. You've heard us talk about the large number of jobs that are waiting out there in the computer industry for you. The question is, how do you find yourself a great school to help you get those goals attained and make some money? You following all of those? Good. There's only one school that's got four convenient locations all over Dayton, Brown, including the brand-new one in Kendall, and, of course, that's Fast Train. Only one school that's got certified Microsoft instructors, convenient days, evening, and weekend classes for you. Only one school that's got full-time job placement with over 30 years' experience for you, and that can complete your course for you in just four short months. Hands-on training we're talking about, and like I said, it's Fast Train. So get off your ass, pick up the phone, and call Fast Train toll-free, 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. That's 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. In just four short months, you can say goodbye to your dead-end job and your asshole boss and start making some serious bucks. 1-866-FAST-TRAIN, or check them out on the web, if you like, at FastTrain.com. Live, Live and local, we are Sports Radio 560, QAM. I want to bang you in the butt, honey. Why not cast your vote for the little guy? Hi, this is Boca Bryant, speaking on behalf of comedy writers everywhere, urging you to please cast your vote for Janet Reno. The outlook's not too bright for the old gal since she's running a lousy campaign. But your vote for Janet Reno will give me and many others four years of hilarious material for you to enjoy. Here, listen, I'm working on some right now. I hereby rename the Florida State Capitol Shakey's Pizza. The battery in my vibrator has been dead for years. Improved education, balanced budget? Come on, by now you should know none of that's going to happen no matter who gets in. So why not have a few laughs? Besides, the royal family has enough, don't you think? Put your political agenda aside for just a moment on Election Day and show your support for this pathetic little bald man and all the other struggling comics who work feverishly every day to bring joy into your life. This message will be paid for if Reno gets elected. 1231 at 560. What do you think your chances are? Pretty good? No. No, no chance. I think McBride's going to win the primary. Please. <laughs> I mean, isn't that sad that we have to be rooting for a guy like that? That we have no idea who the hell he is, but he's a pretty good tap dancer. He ain't no Willie T. Ribs, but he's pretty good. Speaking of Florida elections, by the way, education effort aiming for a smooth Florida vote, says the Sun Sentinel, or is this the Herald? Oh, it's in the Herald, so it might not be true. Television commercials created by students, demonstration tests at the local publics, posters in doctor's offices, Advertisements on movie screens and butterfly ballot creator Teresa Lapore visiting a biker's chili cook-off. Teresa Lapore. <laughs> yeah, good old Teresa, baby. That fucking bitch. Exactly. Two years after Floridians found a bewildering variety of ways to spoil their ballots, the state's election supervisors are working overtime to try to teach voters how to vote, as if, as if it was their fault. Isn't that amazing? I mean, great. Yeah. We've got a lot of stupid people out there. But, uh, Teresa, you think maybe it could have been your fault, you idiotic bitch, with your freaking butterfly ballot? Jews for Buchanan, baby. That's what she wound up with. Man, it's just uh, astonishing. If I recruit you to vote, I want to educate you how to vote, said Miriam Oliphant, Broward County Supervisor of Elections. With the punch card system now banned in Florida, nearly 60% of the state's voters will be using new and unfamiliar equipment during the September 10th primary and November 5th general election. Primary is going to have a big vote because of the Garrett's thing in Dade County. Right. The discrimination vote in Dade County where the Farbison and right-wing Christians want to like bring back bring back the days of Anita Bryant, baby. Are those Take those Christians that made up all those signatures and got arrested for that? Is, is those good, a, honest Christians who would never lie, those are the ones. Anyway, it says that's one reason supervisors are reaching out to the electorate. Another reason Floridians didn't do such a first-rate job two years ago with the familiar equipment, they ruined 176,000 ballots, a key factor in the outcome of the presidential election. And I'm hearing that all of those were for Gore. 
That had to change. We know, we know we're being watched at Annie Williams, election supervisor of Hernando County. She's probably hanging out in Hernando's hideaway, wouldn't you think? So this year, you don't know that song, do you? No. Good. So this year, election officials are exhibiting sample machines at supermarkets, hospitals, office complexes, senior citizens, uh, centers, senior centers, shopping malls and everywhere. Oh, you know the thing that uh, Joe and his buddies noticed about being here in Toronto over the weekend? Son. Uh No gigantic numbers of old people around. Oh, yeah, that's everywhere but here. Right. And I told them, every year, like living in breathing city, whether I'm in Amsterdam or here in Toronto or any place, and you walk around downtown or anywhere in the city, you see, like, mostly living and breathing people. As opposed to South Florida, where if you ever see anybody in the age of 100, you oh, my God, there's like a living person there. Can I even just, like, take a look at it, even if it don't look too good? You know, like Chuck. We've blanketed this county, said David Leahy, Miami Dade Supervisor of Elections, who dispatched employees and demonstration machines to seven malls on one day alone in June. We've run ads about how to vote. We encourage groups and organizations to contact us. We go any place anyone invites us. We've had literally hundreds of demonstrations, he'd be saying. Last week, Wade Jones, a Miami-Dade voter education specialist. Isn't that great? What do you do for a living? I'm an edu- a voter education specialist. Well, I'm a bioethicist. Met with hundreds of county sanitation workers. He demonstrated the iVotronic machine, graciously answered questions, and reassured the technologically suspicious we have some people who feel uncomfortable dealing with anything electronic, the one county worker said. John Jones addressed that concern. That's why we'll have poll workers there to help you and demonstrate the machines to everyone. In Hernando County, what is Hernando County? What, what is that? Don't know. DeSoto County, what is Hernando? Where is that? Some, some mugwum part of the state. Williams already is thinking about the next generation of voters. She conducts voting machine demonstrations in middle schools and high schools, driving to some of those meetings in a colorfully painted voter van. Remember him, voter van? No. The earlier you can start teaching them, the earlier they're going to become responsible voters, she said. We're out for awareness and education. Lapore, designer of the notorious, <laughs> obnoxious, and totally humanly unacceptable butterfly ballot that caused mass confusion in Palm Beach County two years ago, has carried her new touchscreen voting machines to craft fairs, rotary clubs, condo meetings, and a woman of, Women of Harley Bikers picnic. It was fun, she said, the event which featured a chili cook-off. More than 100 people tested the new voting machines there where they had dykes on bikes. Before Lepore said she had a beg for media coverage on election issues, recently a CBS News crew followed her around for two weeks, she said, to see if she was really still alive. How, how can she still be in that office, okay? Can you answer me that question? No, I can't. How can goddamn freaking Teresa Lepore in Palm Beach County, who came up with that cockamamie butterfly ballot and confused all those old Jews in Palm Beach to vote for Pat Buchanan when they thought they were voting for Al Gore, how can she still have that job? I think that's a magnificent question, don't you? Yes. Bitch. Other super. And by the way, Mike Lowell, you're a pain in the ass, okay? None of this equivocating on the station about, well, he's not a bad guy. You're an idiot. Anybody, especially whose wife is a teacher, would make comments like that. When teachers are scraping to get by so they can go to Highlight a couple nights out of the year and have a few laughs, and you overpaid assholes that pissed off the entire universe that are making millions and millions and millions of dollars to go hit a goddamn ball and run around in a jockstrap, are you some kind of a moron or what, Mike? Yes. And like even Mo said this morning, doing this on the radio station that went out on the limb to fudge the vote to get him on the goddamn All-Star game because they felt sorry for him. Because he's the only player on the team that's got a city in Massachusetts named after him, Lowell. How do you like that? And a supermarket. Piece of turd. And not only that, but picking on our close personal friend, the big... Oh! That really pisses us off. Even though, I mean, maybe he don't belong on the air. We know that. But he sure is a pretty good guy, wouldn't you say? He's a great guy. He's a great guy. We all like him, even though, like I said, he don't belong on the air, and he's terrible on the air. 
But nevertheless, he's a good guy, which is more important to us than whether some asshole belongs on the air or not. Anybody can belong on the air. You know what I'm talking about? You don't have to answer. Anyway, other supervisors have found equally creative techniques as they spend taxpayer money on actual taxpayers. Some counties have budgeted as much as a dollar per registered voter solely for educational programs. Around the state, many students soon will be voting for class officers on the county's new equipment, courtesy of election officials eager to show off the machinery. Another example, more than a dozen high school students in the Jacksonville area sit on a voter education committee created by Duval Election Supervisor John Stafford. One of those students, Andrew Fidel, 16, helped create a 30-second spot, a commercial now running on North Florida TV stations. The ad opens with scenes of young soldiers in battle during the Revolutionary War, followed by similar images from WW1, WW2, and the Vietnam War. It concludes with a flag blowing in the breeze, dissolving into glimpses of two beautifully lighted World Trade Center buildings. 800,000 Americans died for our democracy, the announcer says. Remember them and vote, God damn it. Fidel said, we as teens have been affected by 9-11. People died under this country's flag, and they died giving us the freedom to vote. That fewer and fewer people vote is an abomination, he said, and he is... Absolutely correct, sir. So I'm going to vote this November. He talked me into it. You believe me? Yeah, I believe you. I'll think about it. Education officials also are mailing more print. And, of course, I won't be able to vote in uh, September 10th on the, uh, fag, on the gay rights thing. First of all, I don't live in Dade County anyway. Do we have anybody in the station that lives in Dade County? Chuck. Greg. Anybody else? Uh, that's it. I'll do a search. In Broward, Olafan last week mailed what she called a very unique package to all 950,000 voters in the county. It includes a new registration card, directions to the voters' polling place, and educational material about the new voting machines and the voters' rights and responsibilities. I wonder if Kevin Bacon had anything to do with that. Because remember I told you that movie he was running around stark naked in the shower? Right. He had a very unusual saw. package. The general message is we're going to do everything we can to help you cast a proper vote, she said. Several election officials elsewhere bought time at local theaters to advertise key dates and information before the start of popular movies. In Nassau County, election supervisor Vicki Peterson Cannon pulled some of her educational money with two neighboring counties to buy ad time. She also distributed promotional posters to doctor's offices. One says simply, for a healthy America, vote. God damn it. There you go. All right. See, it would help if you felt that your vote was going to be counted right and they were going to fix all the elections. That would help. And it would also help if you felt that there were like candidates running for that might be competent. Now you're getting carried away. larger than their shoe size. I bet you Janet's got big feet, not as big as Tom Oh, Wally. man. Oh, why do you make, oh, I don't want to picture those feet. Can you imagine her feet? You think the guy from Whammy had funky feet. Not just feet. the size of them. I bet she's got 45 toes to hell with that cat. Man, Club feet. When she, when she puts the pedal to the metal, man, <laughs> wow, that thing takes off like a bat out of hell. I'm going to have nightmares now. Maybe instead of sending him in outer space, we can put Lance Bass in Janet's pickup truck. What do you say with that? Or in one of her shoes. Or i got a better idea. How about underneath it? Oh! Sounds like an even better idea. I'll drive. And by the way, Lance. Bye, bye, bye. You piece of turd. Oh, thanks for reminding me about that. About what? About that he's not going up there. He's not going to contaminate space for the rest of it. Well, it's, that's what they're saying, but, you know, who yeah. knows? Could be some last-minute negotiations. Anyway, let me tell you about something really great that we don't have to argue about, a product that's good for you. Unlike all those other things we were talking about before, like the fries and Mickey D's and stuff, Oleomed, it's a product that will make you feel your best and keep you in good health, even in the surly, sultry, hot, humid days in South Florida, in hell, and in paradise. Oleomed is a soft gel capsule. It's got the best olive oil in the world, along with other good stuff for you. There are vitamins in there. There are minerals and herbals to promote health for all different aspects of your body. There's one product specifically designed to help your prostate, one for your heart, one for your blood pressure, for your cholesterol, your circulatory system, your digestive, your endocrine system, your skin, your bones, even your mind, all using the benefits of the best olive oil you're going to find anywhere. And don't forget, Oleomed's got products for men and ladies as well, real ones. 
picks them up at Walgreens, say hi to Marcy there when you go in there and pick up your old med, and say, when's that new pizza lock going to open, damn it, the one right behind you there? Whole Food Markets, Navarro Pharmacy, and Sedano's as well, or you can call their toll-free number, and they'll give you all the information about their products and what they can do for you. Call 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-OLEOMED, and don't forget you can order their products and get more info, too, right on their informative website at oleomedamerica.com. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQ. Hopping in the time machine. Won't you come along and dream? Here's a golden record from WQAM. Right now. Didn't that sound great? I loved it. It was beautiful. You're as cold as I. Okay, I'm not playing the song. I just, I just felt like doing that because I had so much fun using those jingles last week. And I'm, I'm, you know, and of course I'm using that particular jingle. I'm going through the Foreigner album here and trying to figure out well which one of these starts out, you know, like really, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Really uh, schmaltzy, like that. Oh, I love songs that start out like strong. You know what I mean? Like they used to say in a morning show when we had one. Remember when Joe and Defoe always used to use that line? Oh, he's really strong this morning, which is probably one of the reasons that show ain't on anymore. Well, I tell you, we've really been through it at QAM. You know, it's one of the great miracles of all times. I think probably it's coming to an end pretty soon, though. <laughs> Oh, God. Did you read this letter from Brian uh, from uh, where in, in Nassau, the Bahamas? Yes, I did. That's hey, why have I a great day, it. Brian. Yeah, man. Look at that. Even though I hate the Bahamas, like uh, he doesn't take it personal. Says, Dear Uncle Neil, I've been a fan of your show for many years, uh, including the IOD days. Wanted to say that I appreciate the work you do on here. Here in the Bahamas, we don't receive many U.S. radio stations, but luckily I do get 560 QM in my car, to which I listen whenever I get the chance. Only to you, though. Good choice, good uh, thing. I'm the Mad Dog, and uh, Hank would be good, and Eddie K would be good. I think that's about it. And Mo. Enough of the sucking, you might say, and on to the point of this fact. I rented the movie Big Trouble over the weekend, starring Tim Allen in the movie. I can't stand Tim Allen. And the movie was delayed from release last year because it depicted a bomb in an airplane. I found it very amusing. Do you like Tim Allen? Mm. I can't stand Tim Allen. Uh, besides having a small satirical part on airport security that seems even more relevant in today's climb of post-9-11, there's a part in which two hitmen have come down from Jersey to whack a bag man who's embezzling from a crooked company. Whack a bag. Involved... What? Whack a bag. I shop there often. The scene involves the two hitmen stacking, uh, st- stacking, stalking, uh, staking out. I think he's got a C in here. Staking out a local bar listening to the radio, on which proceeds uh, an argument between the talk show host and the caller about a Gator fan not calling in when the Gators lose. <laughs> and now this caller is calling in now. Periodically, through the movie, they turn the radio back on, and the same two people are having the same argument. <laughs> it's not until close to the end they show the actual radio station they're listening to. It is, you guessed it, 560. Oh, my God. All they needed to do was have the radio host have a high-pitched voice. I would have died last. Hope this gave you some amusement beside the regular dribble that comes over the facts, says Brian. Thank you, Brian. Although we've had some good stuff on the facts today, right? Yeah, articles and whatnot. Some excellent crap, as opposed to, like, dribble. I don't like Tim Allen. I'm not saying I wouldn't watch the movie because he was in it. I like his stand-up routine, like, way in the beginning, and then the show sucked, and uh, now I don't like him. No. I mean, he's no Drew Carey, but can you explain that to me, what he's all about? Again, funny stand-up. They gave him a show. Oh, there you go. I mean, there's there's not even a chuckle there. He must have naked pictures of every T executive, uh, TV executive who was ever born. There's not even a, a tiny little chuckle. Not even a guffaw. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I'm sure you do. <laughs> FBI increases manpower in Boca. Uh, see, I'm not ready. I should have been ready, but I got sidetracked. In Boca. Where the hell is it? Oh. Amtrak. Investigation. You know, I actually hit that and it didn't fire. 
And it's been going on a lot down here, too. What do you mean? Everything is, you've got to hit it twice. No, I, but, but there's no, that. everything here is primo, man. Everything well, here is fine. It's not new I mean, anymore. Maybe maybe it's contagious. Maybe it's catching, and the DCS is catching it from the one down there. Yes. I think that's possible. Let me say it again. FBI increases manpower in Boca Amtrak. investigation. Thank you. Oh, well, that's all I need. The number of FBI agents and scientists investigating the quarantined former headquarters of the National Enquirer increased Sunday as they searched for clues in last fall's... Ah, see? What is Uh-oh. wrong with me, man, in last fall's Amtrak. attacks? See, I have to put the cues up on this thing because I don't have the little box, you know? I know. And so I'm always trying to get ahead of myself, and I do it, and then I don't have the cues up there. The largest team of investigators since the operation began at American Media Incorporated's offices entered the building at 8 a.m. Sunday and is continuing to work in pairs. Now, now what is this? Because this is a uh, current story from the Sun Sentinel, but it's like in the past tense. How do you like that? Huh. Isn't today the third? This is yesterday's this story. Is the third. But it, right, but it's a, uh, this is September 2nd story. Oh, the Sun Sentinel man, like Mo said this morning, they really suck. Isn't that what he said? No. He should have said that. He's just kissing their ass hoping for some pre-publicity. Anyway, it said they were to work uh, on all three floors for the first time. They'd only worked on the building's first two floors until Sunday. Officials wouldn't say exactly how many people were working inside the building or if any evidence had been found since crews re-entered the building on Friday. They said Saturday's investigation on the first two floors was very successful. He said the teams of FBI agents and scientists have been working well together, and the investigation will continue right through September 11th. The deadline agents set in their search warrant for completing their investigation in the AMI building as they continue looking for more and more good stuff. Love those tabloids, by the way. Our best regards to all our friends at the Inquirer, the Star, the Globe, the, um, what am I leaving out? Sun. The Examiner, the Sun, and even the World Weekly News, which is one of the freakiest, most bizarre things. Nevertheless, we like those things, and they kill a lot of good time here, too. Like that Oprah story there. Wasn't that great? You didn't like the Oprah story? It was great. Didn't like it. Also, way down at the bottom. Wait, where'd you go? Huh? I thought we lost you for a second. Will you calm down? <gasps> At the bottom of my pile, Jacko, Jacko's Neverland Nightmare. I'm not going to get to that probably all week. Oh, come on. Cash-strapped superstar may have to unload Beloved Ranch. Oh, Let's take up a collection for Michael. I'm going out on the street right here. I'm going to go up and down Young Street, which is going to take me a long time. It's the longest street in the world. Did you know that? No, I did not. Young Street in Toronto is the longest street in the world. Oh. See, you learned something on this show already. Who said this isn't an educational goddamn freaking show? 364 votes on a poll. Oh, sorry, George, because some of them are real, like about 50. What are you going to be doing next Wednesday, September the 11th, we asked on this highly informative educational erudite show? What did that guy say that one day he tried to tell me how to pronounce erudite? Oh, yeah, don't even. Oh, that asshole from New York, that pseudo-intellectual schmuck. Why is it that so many people from New York think they're so goddamn smart, huh? In addition to which, you people in South Florida from New York, if you were so smart, how did you wind up there, huh? Good question. Gravity. What will you be doing on September the 11th? Living my life as usual, 255. 70%. Oh! All right, that's a nice percent. Taking a commercial flight, 55 of which at least 45 are bogus. Hiding under the bed, 30. That, you know, that's improved from the way it was before. Remember, I used yeah. to take those polls, we put that in as kind of like a, you know, like a, a clown vote. But that's uh, decreased, so they've actually come out a little bit. They're coming out. Watching TV all day so I can wallow in the misery of last year, 14, and traveling by car, train, or bus, only 10. And you notice how we never really got to follow up on those bus hijackings? Oh, yeah, remember those? Yeah, and just all, all those Greyhound and Trailways bus, and it just, we never heard any more about that. There was never any more to the story. Hmm. 
1252 at 560 WQM. we got the Mad Dog coming up at 1 o'clock. We're getting back to normal, baby. Oh. As normal as this station will ever be. I'll tell you that right now. Speaking of normal, here's a place that's more than normal. It's sensational. Brandy Shoes in Pompano Beach, where you'll always find the biggest selection of men's and women's shoes, the best service in town, and always the most astonishing, breathtaking prices anywhere. So stick your feet in some really great shoes at Brandy's, and they got the top names in the business and people who know how to fit you up perfect. they got Rockports, SAS, Sperry's, Timberland Naturalizer, and lots more. Brandy's is open daily 9 to 9, Sundays 10 to 5. You'll find them at 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach. You can't beat them with a stick. And, as usual, something special going on at Brandy's this week. And let me say it again. Troy is our one hope in the sales department. He's the one guy who's got his thumb right in it, on it. All this week at Brandy's, it's a final clearance sale. Take 50% off all Red Tag or Red Label Famous Brand shoes this week at Brandy's in Pompino Beach. My, my and local. This is Sports Radio 560. Suck it in and hold it. Roll another blunt. Yeah. Yeah. 
Shout out to Grace Parchin, the Lady Human Race, Afro Man. Don't we love Afro Man on this show? You bet your ass we do. Three hundred and seventy-seven votes. Some of them even real on our poll today on neilrogers.com. What will you be doing on September the eleventh, week from tomorrow? Living my life as usual. Two sixty-five, seventy point two percent. Oh, taking a commercial flight. Fifty-six, mostly bogus. Hiding under the bed. Uh, Thirty-one. Watching TV all day so I can wallow in the misery of last year's horrible events. Fifteen. Or traveling by car, train, or bus. Ten. Ten. We got the Mad Dog Jim Maddich coming up next. Then you got Hank from the Crystal Palace briefly. You got, uh, like it or not, do we like it? No. Marlins and the Mets, a meaningless doubleheader, pregame at 435, game uh, first pitch at 510. Eddie K. time permitting after the ball games, and the Dirty Boys, Joe and Mark overnight. Did I mention how much Joe liked uh, Toronto? Bye, no. bye, bye. The Neil Rogers Show on 516 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Hey, it's...